already know what it is. We got Aaron Singerman and PJ Braun holding it down for you and yours. The best in bodybuilding. Iron Empire Radio. Chuck it. You fucking with an Iron Empire. Harder than shells from a piece when I'm Welcome back to Iron Empire Radio with myself, Aaron Singerman, my co-host, Compatriot Crime, PJ Braun. PJ, say hello to everybody. It's hot in here. It's so hot in here. Uh, every time somebody says it's so hot in here, I always think, take off all your clothes. Sometimes, like, when I see myself on there, I feel like I want to do, like, take your clothes off. Yeah, whenever you see yourself on the video screen, I know PJ, <laughs> PJ always starts to smile whenever he sees it. So, uh, there, there's... It's all the girls. Daniel and Bailey started it now. Every girl is doing that now. It's like they do the... The duck face. It's like a, but it's like a really exaggerated duck face. Like, I don't know, it's like rock and roll duck face, and they're all like... It's all oh. I see in my timeline now, constantly. Yeah, don't do the duck face, ladies. It doesn't look good. Even on Daniel and Bailey, it doesn't look good, but especially not on you. I have the urge to do it, though, now that I'm looking at myself. I'm just like... This is my duck face. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's... To check out our duck faces, go to YouTube backslash Aaron Sagerman and check out the latest version of our video show. Um, PJ, uh, we were here at my house. It is very warm in my house today. Mm-hmm. Darielle has felt the need to keep it at 75. It feels like it, it, we're like an incubator. The baby's already out. Yep. Why would it would be incubated? Since um, Darielle offered, I'm going to let everybody see the baby. Uh, little Asher is uh, 10 days old today. Little baby Asher. Babe, bring in the baby! I never call him Asher. I call him baby Asher. Baby always. Asher. Well, how do they do it? Uh, uh, unleash the Kraken! <laughs> <laughs> She's taking her time to bring uh, baby Asher. Oh, baby Asher. He is a really good baby, PJ. Yeah, you got lucky. He doesn't he doesn't cry that much. Oh, here's baby Asher. What? You said it right now. Yeah, bring the baby. Um, yeah, he's like you know. Don't I mean, expect to to see him awake, guys. Yeah, he's gonna be dead asleep, and we'll be holding he's him. Always up sleeping. You can do whatever you want with him. Yeah, he's like he's a little really doll. Can. He's like a doll. You can rough him up, and he doesn't even. Wake he, up. he doesn't even care. Like a little like puppet, like move around. No, he doesn't care. He's, he's like Doke. He doesn't give a shit. So he's sleeping, and Doke's awake. Um, baby Asher is surprisingly good, I gotta say. I don't know a lot about babies, but what I do know about babies is they cry a lot, they're, uh, they poop a lot, mm-hmm. and they cry a lot more, and they keep you up at night, and they're not easy, and, um, Asher is, although he does poop a lot, or occasionally, not that much, he's usually pretty good. Let's see, is he awake or is he asleep? I was hoping that you guys were gonna get a really bad baby, he's but... Between. He's in between. This is a good part. Disappointed in that. His hair's off. Here he goes. Hair's a mess. His hair's a mess. Little this, baby Asher. <laughs> look how funny he looked. This is bull. I got him, babe. This is baby Asher. And this is usually the state that oh, baby, baby Asher was in. This is going to be like the thing when Michael Jackson held the baby out. Like People are going to yeah, criticize you about this. The way you're holding it. This is the baby Asher. When Michael Jackson almost dropped his baby over that, that balcony. There you go. That's baby Asher. We're just chilling here. Baby Asher's... People are like, is he alive or is he a doll? This, this is, is what he does. He just sleeps. This is baby Asher. See? Little baby Asher. He's totally knocked out. <laughs> he does duck face sometimes. He doesn't wake up no matter what. There he is. He's pretty damn cute, isn't he? He's yeah, very cute. He's got his eyes open. Look oh. at him. He's awake. Not for long. Oh, he's awake. Here. All right, baby Asher. You're going to go back to mama. Bye, baby Asher. Bye. Give, give baby Asher a little kiss on his head. Kiss on the kepi. Bye. You were worried about him, huh? So I was going to try. <laughs> I wanted to display him properly. Uh, he was great. He's a very nice little baby and he's mine so there you go he just got his weenie snaps the other day yes let's talk about the I race think I taped it. pj was um the only uh there was not a lot of non-jews in the house actually yeah. pj was um the definitely the the not the non-jew with the best seat in the house 
he was right up front and I gave him the video camera and the, the Moyle, which is the guy who does the snipping, he was up front and he said, um, that please do not take any pictures and do not video this while I'm actually doing this, this circumcision because it distracts me and you don't want me to be distracted. And I told PJ, what I tell you? I said, keep filming no matter no what, matter what. no matter what. <laughs> Put the pressure on me. I felt, I felt like the, the rabbi or the Moyle was, was like, you know, he figures if, if I fuck up, right. I don't want any document of this. Of course. So exactly why. That's why, right? And that's the reason why I was like, never stop, never stop filming. And uh, so tell, t- give us your, uh, the events as through, seen through the eyes of P.J. Braun. Well, he did his little speech, and he told a little story that was pointless and wasted time. And um, then he asked everybody to shut off their cameras and stuff. And at that time, everybody shut their cameras off. And I, I shut mine off for a minute. And you faked them out. You faked them out. Yeah, oh, I brought no. it down. Oh, no. So that's off. And then he had a very serious you know, procedure to do, so he was focused on what he had to do, which was, I knew that was going to happen. And I expected him to be like, look around while he was doing it. So I kind of faded into the background a little bit, and I got right here, a very casual level. So I didn't have it up here to make it obvious. Um, and I snipped it right back on, and uh, I got in there, and then I saw like when he was actually cutting into the wiener, I zoomed it in so everybody could see the little wiener. Nah, I'm only kidding. I didn't do that. I actually don't even think uh, I, I videotaped all that much of it. I, I did it... I kind of videotaped him so you could see like the serious on his face um, doing into it, but I, I wasn't even looking at the baby to be honest. Like how you're doing, demonstrating, it's like he's got a little a steak knife and a yeah, little fork. Yeah, he was like, and at the end, he took this piece of tape, wrapped it around there like that, and it was good. It was fast. It was a good little little uh, weenie snip. It was very fast. It was interesting. I was going to witness the whole thing. I decided that you know I actually cut the umbilical cord. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but so I figured if I can cut an umbilical cord. I can watch the breasts. And so I was prepared to sit next to my dad, and my dad got to hold the baby, which is the um, the seat of honor. And I was going to be on the opposite side, um, facing the, like, if, if you can imagine, there's the rabbi in the middle, and my dad's on one side holding the baby. I would be on the opposite side, seeing the baby, like, across from the rabbi. So that was the plan. And he's like, um, did you print out the permission slip, like, the um, the thing he had a sign that says it's okay to give the, you know, circumcise the baby. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, no, I'll go print it right now. And I ran into the, this room, the office, the man desk here, sat down and printed out real quick, ran back in there, and everyone's like, he's done, done. he's done. And I'm like, he's done? He's you were done. doing that, and Darielle ran, she headed for the hills. Yeah, Darielle was very nervous. She ran down the street crying. And she was up her arms. I don't know. Might be exaggerating a tiny bit, but I had to tackle her and bring her back. <laughs> no, no, Darielle, get back. Uh, she uh, she was very upset. Yeah, she was, she was worried for the baby, and we had to explain to her. How awful would it be if he didn't get circumcised? What do you have to go through? That's true. For, That's all, true. for all our non-circumcised listeners, all out there. the all the making fun of that she got about the anteater, little, little anteater, little anteater, after what they anteater, that little thing. That yeah, we explained it to her. I think you even showed her a picture of one, didn't you? I, you know what? I googled it and then I got sidetracked. Uh, probably get text message. And you're like, nah. Yeah, I was like googling like uncircumcised penis images. Images. <laughs> you start getting excited <laughs> and you ran off to the bathroom. <laughs> Ooh, I haven't seen one of these in a while. Um, so uh, yeah, Daryl was very nervous, and I guess that's a sign of being a good mother, right? Like if you don't give a shit, that's bad, probably. You gotta snip it. Whatever. Give me a drink. <laughs> haven't, <laughs> haven't drank in weeks. <laughs> haven't got really drunk in a few weeks now. Uh, so uh, yeah, she uh, she enjoyed her. She did not enjoy herself. I mean, and uh, the bris was surprisingly expensive for me. Uh, you know, what do you think? You would think like, what does a bris cost, right? Uh, what you paid for the food blew my mind. Yeah. So I paid for the food and the food for the people. A lot of people that I didn't know, although it was a really wonderful uh, ceremony and bris. The um, food was seven hundred dollars. 
Bagels and tuna fish. Bagels and tuna fish. $700. That's a book of bagels and tuna fish. Go for about seven I want a little chips of gold in my tuna fish. That much <laughs> they had fruit, too, and some cookies. Some cookies were good. Oh, they had a lot of them. Cake was good. Though. Yeah, you got a big cake. The cake was actually extra. I think the cake was like 60 or 70 bucks extra. Um, How much was it to have the moil? The moil was uh, $600 cash money. And it's funny, as soon as I paid him the cash money, he was out of there, man. Points. Probably yeah, not, a, not an hour. Well, I didn't give him the money until he was done. So fast, very fast. Yeah. He finished. He's like, I'm done. And he's like, uh, hi. Uh, he did get another pass. I didn't even see him leave. He's like this. He's like, uh, yeah, I finished. Uh, and I'm like, here's the money. He's like, pick the shit up. Bam, gone. He was gone. He is off the services. Very dry personality. Yeah, yeah not a, not a. Uh, but he was a doctor, which most moils are not doctors. Oh, I thought they were. No, most moils are not. You don't have to be a doctor to be a moil, which um, br- brings the question up. Um, not a bad job. Six hundred dollars cash for. I I was under the impression that the moils had to be. A no, no, definitely. I would not. want my moil to be a doctor. Me too. If he's going to cut off my skin off of my baby's. Well, most of the religious uh, moils that have to do with the, like that are more religious, they aren't doctors. Very rare. Hmm. Um, the the one we were going to originally have, uh, you know, you met the rabbi at the at the um, at my wedding. Yes, it's a very religious Orthodox. It's actually a Hasidic rabbi. Um, where her mom and um, and everybody wanted us to go to his moil. It just didn't work out because of Rosh Hashanah, um, but um, th- that's the biggest Jewish holiday. It happened to fall on the exact same day as the Brits. Um, anyway, uh, we couldn't get to him, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't have been a doctor. He would just been a moil. That's his job. Yeah, moil. That's it. Moil. So, um, do you think I should tell about the um, Rosh Hashanah? Do you know what Rosh Hashanah is? The significance? It's the New Year, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that we have talked about this kind of things on radio before. I mean, we've talked about most of the other Jewish holidays, right? Yeah, I guess the key is that this is the day, the New Year is the day that the Book of Life is open. So if you can imagine, imagine God up there, right, in heaven, this big white beard, very wise, and he's sitting up there and he's got this enormous book, right? It's huge book. It's heavy. It's very heavy, but he's God, so he can lift it. Mm-hmm. He's strong, he's a power lifter. He's like Lane Norton. <laughs> Not very big looking, but he's very God, strong. God, I think, would be a lot like Lane Norton. Yeah, he would be like beard, a older, beard. older, wiser. He, Lane has that little beard that's a little line. Mm-hmm. God is like a, a line, but it's, it's white. Like a, a it's youth, white, and it's longer. Thing. It's a little white line that comes down. Yes. Flowing white line. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, like Lane Norton, he's very studious, and he reads the book. Mm-hmm. And he takes his pen, and he writes in people. And it means if they're written in for the next year, it means you're going to live. If you're left out of the book of life, you're dead. You're not coming back. That's a bad year for you. You know what I'm saying? So, the fact that Asher's having his bris on the same day the Book of Life is open is extra, extraordinary. It's unusual. And it's the only thing that can happen on the first day of Rosh Hashanah uh, that, that actually supersedes Rosh Hashanah is a bris. So, it's very special. So, that means my son is destined for great things. Mm-hmm. Great things, Pete Jones. Good stuff. So, that's where we are with that. Now, on another momentous note, maybe even a bigger deal... Is you have a new cat? Mm-hmm. Yep. Midnight. Midnight. I think you're you're gonna call it a different name, but you opted to you opted to stick with the more uh, PC name of Midnight because he's a black cat. Yes, Midnight is a female. She's black. A couple things went through my mind. Uh, Erica Badu was one of the first names. <laughs> Erica Badu. She's like skinny little black cat, and like Erica Badu was like a skinny little black girl singer. If yeah. people don't remember her, yeah. she kind of looks like Erica Badu. Yeah. And then I I was also going to name her Lel Nagger. Little little Nagger? Lel. Lil Nagger. Lil Nagger. Lil Nagger. First name Lel, last name Nagger. Now we could be like, Where Lil Nagger? And I call her. She's a little black. But that'll be her nickname. Instead, she is going to just be Midnight. Because that was what her name already was. She actually answers to it. 
Um, she's really smart. She what a lot. I gotta ask you, like, uh, why not uh, Lil Nagger? What, what, what opted for? Um, why not Erica Badu? Why not? Because they already have been calling her. Uh, they, they, they already been call- oh okay. for a while. So I was like, ah, I don't want to change the name. You know, I, I thought you were gonna say they've already been calling her Lil Nagger, and you're like, no. And if they were like, if I was like, well, what's her name? And they were like Lil Nagger, and I was like, okay, I guess it's her name. I mean, <laughs> imagine like I'm, I'm like you know like bringing her around and like calling her that, and people are getting all offended. I'm like, look. So the people named it when I got it. I, she, I, I can't change the name. Or she runs away, and you're like, "Little nigger, little nigger, little nigger, little nigger." I'm looking for this for this for little nigger. Have you seen her? She's beautiful. She's a little black kitty, and she's really sweet. And I, I went. I drove so far. I drove like two and a half hours to get her yesterday. So five hours. I got a big scare. Yeah, that. I saved her. So people should know the story. She was on death row. Hmm. Murder was the case that they gave her. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Yeah, and um, she was in a shelter. Nobody was adopting her because she's black. It's bullshit. Everybody should be treated equal. Black cats, black people, racist white people. people. So racist people won't adopt adopt black cats because they're superstitious that black cats mean bad luck. But I actually feel like I'm going to get lots of good luck from having black cat. I'm reversing that whole theory. Smart. Smart. And um, so I said, don't let her get euthanized. I want her. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, uh, the girl that I know, um, uh, met me halfway. She's from Tampa. And so I drove up, got her, and then on my way back, I still have Connecticut plates in my car. Are you going to give her a shout-out? No shout-out. I don't know if she wants to be shouted out, Aaliyah. All right. Um, well, I just said her name. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, I, uh, I was on my way home, and I was in, like, this hillbilly part of Florida. People don't know, like, like when you go northern into Florida, the farther north you go, the more, like, redneck hillbilly she gets. Yep. You go down south, yep. it's kind of, like, trendy, like, whatever, you know? And then when you go up, it's like, whoa, it's like... It's like the South. It's weird. Yeah, they got. They definitely have some serious rednecks. A lot of, a lot of bugs. A lot of bugs. A lot of bugs. I was getting blasted by bugs. It was bugs. funny. So I, I'm in like Alligator Alley. You know, Alligator I, I, Alley. I do not have good luck driving in that place. This is my nope. second time getting pulled over there, and only two times of driving. So I'm two for two. A lot of bugs. And I, I wasn't even speeding. I think I was slightly speeding. He said, but what I did was, if there's a state vehicle like a cop car, ambulance, you know, fire truck on the side of the road, you need to get into the next lane. Move away. I can't see that. I got to go over this way. Move away. So you can't stay away. in that lane. So what I did when I was going by, I didn't know that rule. I actually kind of veered towards him just to mess him up a little bit. He scared him. He didn't like that. So he came, came and got me. He got me fast. Did they actually, did, they actually, did he leave the guy that he was with? I don't know. I'm amazed because the guy got there fast. And I was like, oh, I just saw this guy. He had somebody pulled over. What the hell did I do? And so he comes over to the thing. Now I'm parked and it's amazing because while I'm parked, I can see all these bugs all over my windshield. Like all kinds of different species of insects. Two of them were mating right in front of me. I'm not even on making the, that up. Yeah, I swear. On the windshield. Yeah. They met on the windshield yeah. and they fell in love. Like these flying ant looking things. Um, and uh, it's funny, my windshield now, I've even washed it a couple times, it still has splatters all over it. But anyway, the guy came over and he's like, License and registration. You know why I pulled you over? And I was like, I don't think I was speeding. And he was like, You didn't get into the, the adjacent lane when you were past me, and that's a Florida law. I believe it's a law in all states now. And you see the state vehicle started to explain to me that. I was like kissing this guy's ass, you know. And I was like, "You're wow, that is a great law. It makes sense, yeah, for your guy's safety." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah." So he's like, for your guy's safety." He's like, "Registration," and I give it to him. I still have Connecticut registration. And the guy's like, "What the hell is this?" And I was like, "That's my." He said like that. What the hell? Yeah. And he's like, "No, no, give me a registration. I want your real registration, not this carbon copy piece of paper." And I, and I was like, "No, yeah, that real registration. That is my real registration." He's like, "No, it's not. What else? That's you, as real as you're gonna get." He's, sir. he's like, "What else you got in there?" So I'm like going through my stuff. I was like, "I don't know." And I was like, take it all. You could have the whole thing, sir. And he was like fed up with me. He was like, all right. And then he, he like walked back to his car and I'm like, oh, this guy is really mad right now. You called me and you're like, uh, I called him. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to be like, you're worried you're getting arrested. I was getting ready to be like, you know, like deliverance, like something weird was going to happen to me. 
squeal like a pig, boy. Could have happened. I thought that was going to happen. I really did. I was Was scared. he beefy cop? Was he beefy man? No. He actually wound up being really cool. He came back. He was like, I can't figure out this registration. When's it up? I was like, two years. And he was like, okay. Oh, makes sense, son. Makes sense. He's like, I'm just going to give you a ticket for speeding. I could be a lot worse on you. For the future, if you can't get into the Jason Lane, you need to slow down 20 miles below the speed limit. Otherwise, you're going to get pulled over. I was like, thank you very much. I had the kitty there. I was like, just see this cat. So I just want to bring her to safety. He's like, she's going back on death row and you're going like, to prison. Damn black cat, you should let her get put to sleep. <laughs> Bad luck. <laughs> At least it wasn't like last time with Timbo where you, uh, where we almost went to jail with the drug unit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> At least Timbo wasn't in the car. You never know. I don't want to go on that road anymore. I got bad luck with that road. So, sir, he, she, there are drugs in this car, sir. <laughs> there may be GHB in the trunk. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, this is an interesting show today, BJ, uh, because we um, we have Carl and Noor back on the show, and you know, some people are going to be like, "Whoa, yeah, excited!" Carl and Noor's on the show, mm-hmm. and then there's going to be other people that are going to be saying, "Who the hell is Carl and Noor?" Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. So. Um, just to give a little brief explanation, because we're going to go to the Carl and Noor interview uh, next, and we're going to we're going to kind of normally what we would do is we'd be ending the video portion. Instead, we're going to we're going to I'm not going to explain all of it. Doesn't matter. Let's just talk about Carl and Noor. Carl and Noor um, did the radio show with me, Off Topic Radio, which was extremely popular. It was very similar to the show that we do now. Mm-hmm. The difference is instead of me and PJ, we had me and a 50 year old Italian man who was going through a really uh, messy divorce. Uh, Carl is a very funny guy, um, and people appreciated his sense of humor and the fact that we let everybody into his life and my life at the time of some pretty serious drama. And we did 100 episodes together, and they were three hours long approximately, give or take. We did some great interviews, but what people liked the most was the interaction between me and Carl. And uh, it's safe to say that of all the people doing radio, bodybuilding radio now, that Carl is probably the most unique character and I think it's pretty safe to say he's probably the most experienced radio show personality in the business, in our business here. Mm-hmm. So um, nobody's really, no, we didn't really have a lot of people like that at the time. Like as good as Dave Palumbo is and John Romano was at the time and Dan Solomon and me and PJ, obviously um, Carl had lots and lots more uh, experience through doing Superhuman Radio, his show they did before mine. And that was like a science, it is still like a science-based show mm-hmm. uh, and uh, science and anti-aging and stuff like that. And while it is very cool... You never really got to know Carl Lenore, the real person, the funny Italian guy from uh, New York, you know, with the drug stories and the craziness and shit like that. So, uh, basically what we're going to do today is we're kind of reuniting in a way. Um, people always wanted to hear like a, an off-topic reunion show. That's not this, mm-hmm. but uh, it is cool to have Carl back on the show with us. And if you don't know Carl before, um, you'll get a taste of who he is now, and hopefully you find it entertaining. And if you have heard Off Topic before and you were a big fan, you're going to love this interview and you're going to be ecstatic to have me and Carl reunited. And me and Carl and PJ, we had PJ on the show many, many, many times. Probably, I think we had you on more times than anybody else. So many times that uh, Get Big, they used to just just get so upset when they would have me on. Yeah, when I would have, because Get Big, even Get Big liked Off Topic Radio. Everybody liked Off Topic Radio. Um, And uh, people would tell me, no more PJ Braun, please. No (laughs) more. Have anybody else but PJ on. So... um, now we have a whole show with me and you. So yeah. Who would have known? Those, and those guys at Off Topic. No uh, wonder they love this yeah. show so much. <laughs> yeah. Those guys at Kid Big still don't like that, that we have PG <laughs> on. So, um, you know, I think that that kind of explains enough. Like I said, I think you guys will find it entertaining. And uh, you can hear Carl Lenore all you want on Superhuman Radio because that show continues to this day. And um, I think that about sums it up. So 
We're going to go from this uh, to the Carl Lenore interview, and I hope you guys like it. And then if you're watching the video show, you're going to notice me and PJ aren't going anywhere because we're going to keep going, and we're going to go to the listener questions after the commercial break. So we're about to do shout-outs if you're watching. If not, we've just come. All right, it's my esteemed honor to have the creator of Superhuman Radio, the creator of the legendary, the legendary off-topic radio, my friend, the PJ Braun's friend, Carl Lenore. Carl, hey, hey, how you doing? Thank you for coming on Iron Empire Radio. My pleasure, my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. You know, if Carl was like Dave, he would actually say that you should include a uh, creator of you. Yeah, creator of me. But instead, <laughs> Dave will take that title for now. <laughs> he wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for me. I'm the one who yeah. on the radio. <laughs> yeah, you and, uh, you and uh, Dave could have like a death match to see who created <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I have to I have to give Carl the the, the nod on this one because without uh, without Carl, Dave would have no idea who I was to begin with, so it wouldn't have matter. Oh, that's nice of you to say. And yeah, but you know what? I, I saw talent. You, you you have the talent. I always knew you had the talent. Uh, so I just kind of uh, gave you an opportunity, but you took it from there and you've done great things with it. I'm very happy for you. Well, thank you, Carl. I don't know, I don't know if all the, if you know. It's funny because. Uh, people say, people ask and stuff, you know, what does it take to do what I have done or whatever? And I don't know if it, you know, I don't know if I, if you remember, Carl, the first show when I interviewed you or the first, especially the first off topic radio show, I basically didn't talk. So it's not like I had a lot of talent out of the gate. You know no, I mean? but I knew, but see, see, you and I had lots of conversations yeah. that weren't mic'd up and I knew right away. I thought this guy has a very distinctive voice. You're, a lot of people probably don't know this about you. You're extremely well-read. You're highly intelligent. Uh, and I knew, I thought, you know, if I could break this guy in to make him comfortable and he, just, if he, if, and he would be himself on the mic, people would love him. And then, so I always knew it. I, I, and I knew your voice was distinctive enough that it would separate you from other people out there doing radio shows. It's funny, Carl. That to this day, Jeff, the producer, makes fun of me. Because I, 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 I said that one of the first things you told me is that I, that I had a good voice for radio. And that to this day, when Jeff always uh, does the Carl Lenore impression, he says, uh, 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 you have a good voice for radio. Uh, 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 that's what he does yeah. to this day. Yeah, that's, and, I, and you know what? I, I'm honored that uh, he still mutilates me in effigy uh, on other radio shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. he still does. So, yeah. Carl, I wanted to we, – we really don't do interviews on this show. We just, like, you know, have conversations, and we want to include you in ours. And actually, we, got, we do have some questions from listeners who want to know specific stuff from you. But before we get to any of that, I know a lot of the people listening right now probably haven't heard from you since uh, – well, it's been about, what, two years or so since – When we when we did the last Off-Topic uh, yeah. episode, which, by the way, I get emails from people all the time about Off-Topic. It's so funny. Uh, you, this will be this will you'll be amazed by this. The, I can see the the back end numbers on RX Muscle now, and um, I go back every once in a while. I look at the numbers for Off Topic Radio, and to this day, it's amazing. People are still downloading and listening to those shows. The hundred shows that are actually we don't actually have a hundred on RX Muscle. There's like ninety two I think are on RX Muscle, right. and they get listened to. Um, Regularly, you would be surprised that, that people go obviously go back and listen to them. And well, you know what? It's it's like any you know when you think about it, right? We, we, I'll watch uh, older episodes of Family Guy, you know, because you know I'm a big buff. I love I right. like I like Family Guy, and you know, see, so I'll watch episodes from 2009. They're just as funny as the first time I saw them. When a show is good, when a show is pertinent, uh, when a show uh, has uh, like an eternal value, the dialogue that we had, the things that we discussed. 
they were more than just what was going on currently. And so that, that, that stuff stays good forever. People will get laughs out of that stuff forever. Like when we interviewed um, Desiree, what was her name? The, you remember the, 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 the dominatrix? Oh, um, what was The Schmo name? Show, when we did the Schmo Show. Schmo Show, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get, I get email, I, I've gotten emails from people t- saying, was that real? Like, did that, was that girl legit or was that a setup? I was like, no, that, that girl was legit. She actually did all the things that she said she did. Um, so there was a lot of things that we did that were part of the organic process of a very, very good radio show that will, that will, that will be funny a decade from now when people hear them. Yeah, I remember we did, um, well, I'm just, I'm like reminiscing. It's, uh, remember we did the Dan, Dan Duchesne, uh, 10 year anniversary of his death. And yeah. We had all his friends on the show. That was a big one. That was a good show. And I think that, I think that, uh, we were paid some great homage from, uh, Iris Kyle. All right. Didn't we interview, wasn't that yeah. her name? Iris yeah. Kyle. And she Iris said Kyle. to us, she yeah. said, this is the, in all the years I've done these types of interviews, this is the best interview I've ever done that I, she actually enjoyed the interview. She had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So. There was a lot of, a lot of good shows and, uh, out of the hundred, there was mostly, mostly good shows. And it, actually it, the ones that, the ones that are missing, Dave Palumbo was kind enough to take two shows down for me. And that's because, as you recall, one of the things that uh, the audience used to love to tune in for as part of our banter was my rant about what I was going through at, at the time of my divorce. Yeah, right, right. Well, the judge ordered me to take two of those shows down. And actually, he didn't order me, but he, he, he ordered that, uh, you know, that I cooperate with uh, my ex-wife and she said, oh, those two shows were damaging to her, and, and I, I asked Dave to pull two of them down, and I think that's what he did. Yeah, the, the, those were – it's funny because people love that. I think that we actually – you started getting – I think less people supported you when you actually uh, fell in love and met uh, your girlfriend. Yes, now. they liked it better They liked it better when I was miserable. Yeah, of course. Everybody likes to hear other people miserable. Yeah. I know. Misery loves company. People liked it better when I was miserable. They didn't like the idea – that, you know, I had f- fallen in love and uh, met somebody that was, you know, and, and the other thing was, and, and I, and here's a little secret, open season on men is probably going to air for the first time in about two weeks. I feel like that show is going to, is going to, it lost all of its venom because at the time when you wanted to do it, you were so angry. You were the angriest of Carl, that, of the whole period that we did the show. That was your angriest. And you, you felt like we, you weren't even angry enough. On off topic, you needed to have your own show just to be angry. And, well, uh, but see, I'm going to end up. What, what has happened is my anger has been tempered, and my um, approach to the show has been directed in a way that I feel like I can accomplish some things for men. Maybe you need men, a co-host. Men, men, are in, men are in trouble in this country. There's no doubt about it. Maybe you need a co-host, Carl, who's just as angry as you were at the time. You know, you need to get one fresh in the middle of his divorce that's like fighting with his wife, and that could be your, your co-host. And if the show goes for a while and you get somebody and he gets he comes to uh, gets to like become at peace with it, then you get another co-host. <laughs> yeah, find another, another, another guy who's disgusted with his life. It shouldn't exactly. be that hard to find. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard to find. But um, the show will the show will take flight here very shortly, and it's going to be constructive. We're going to do, you know, guys need help in this country, man. Every time I turn around, I get emails from guys who are telling me they're going through a divorce, and exactly what happened to me is happening to them. And the only reason why politicians don't talk about this is because women are well organized and men aren't, and women are a very large voting block that politicians don't want to alienate, and that says something to us guys. We need to become well-organized, and we, we need to have our vote 
be meaningful to politicians. So they stop throwing men under the bus in this country because, man, it is not popular to be a man in this country today. It really isn't. Let me tell you something that's going to blow your mind. I have a client. He's an investment banker. Great guy. And um, his uh, ex-wife, um, when, when, when he was going through his divorce, all this dirty laundry came out on her end. And what happened was the reason that they were getting a divorce, she cheated on him multiple times. Um, and she actually was into videotaping herself with other men. And all that stuff was on a computer that they actually had access to in the courtroom. So it wasn't even like, like you know, he said, she said. They actually had videos of her banging other guys, including a gangbang, right? And there was also stuff that um, led to her um, p- potentially um, uh, sexually abusing one of the children. But they didn't want to put the child on the stand, okay? Um, right. Needless to say, this woman was an awful, awful woman. He still had to pay her thousands and thousands of dollars in alimony after yes. that. Yes. And it's, my mind was blown. I'm like, there's videotapes of her getting bang- gangbanged, and you got to pay. He's paying for the house that she lives in. Now, i got to tell you something. There are women out there who don't do these things. There, there are women out there who are decent. They stand on their own two feet. Oh they buy their own homes. They go through divorces, and they go, you go your way, I go mine, split everything 50-50. I'll pay for my own way through life, and you pay for your own way through life. But there's an even larger group of women out there who see the divorce up as an opportunity. It's almost like a lottery where I'm going to go through a divorce and I'm going to actually launch my life on the, on the shoulders of this idiot here because he doesn't know what he's in, in store for and, and when he gets to court. And it happens so often that it is the subject of jokes. I mean, look at, look at two and a half men. You know, his brother Alan was broke, he penniless. He was paying all this alimony to his ex-wife who remarried, and he's living with his brother because he can't afford to live on his own. Those, those are real stories out there. There's really guys out there who are going to jail because judges are forcing them or ordering them to pay money that they can't afford to pay. All right, Carl, you're, and, using, and, and you're, it, using all your, you're using all your material for the new show here. <laughs> well, you know what? The, 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 the nice thing about this is we're going to do some constructive work. We're going to actually help men uh, mobilize and organize so that they can be better prepared for these kind of things. You're going to be all. like the Oprah of men. I don't know about that. I don't know that I'm going to be like the Oprah. or the. If you remember, I used to say that I wanted to be the um, – uh, what the hell was her name? Joy Behar, thank Joey you. Behar. Yeah, I wanted to be the Joy Behar of, of, uh, of the men, but I don't, I don't, I'm not that angry, and you want to know something? If you get that angry, people discount your message. We're going to really talk, talk real stuff on the show, and I got a guy who is a very successful businessman who, when going through a divorce, decided to represent himself. He's done amazing things, and the information that he's going to bring to the show is just priceless. It's priceless. This guy has represented himself. He's got nine judges to recuse themselves. Never in the history of the United States have nine judges recused themselves, not wanting to handle his case because he nails these judges to the cross. All right, Carl, we've got to move off this. I want to hear okay. what Carl and Nor has been up to in the last two years. Give me a, a fast synopsis. Because like, I feel like a lot of people haven't heard from you that are listening now may not have heard from you since uh, the off-topic days. So give us a, a synopsis. Carl and Nora, the last two years, go. My, my, my life has really stabilized from the last time I was on off-topic. As you know, I met Elisa and fell in love, and that love grew every single day and continues to grow. And she's, a, she's the perfect person for me. Um, we have a fantastic life together. And uh, we're working together now. I mean, she's part 
of Superhuman Radio, and uh, she helps me with the show, and um, we just have a really great life together. We, you guys, we cook together. We do we, we do everything together. You guys it's, live it's together. Really, a lot of fun. Do you live with together that? now? Yes. Yes. Um, she, so she I, I've heard she actually co-hosts on Friday, right? You do the Casual yes, Friday. Yeah, she co-hosts a show called Casual Friday. It's actually her show, and um, and and again, I mean. When I met Elisa, I knew that she could do radio. I, I, she, has the, she has the right voice, and she has a very sensitive style, and I knew that she could do things on the air that I couldn't do. And so just gave her some time behind the mic and let her get comfortable, and she's evolved into a fantastic host. Um, the Casual Friday show is really her show. She prepares all the material. I just kind of sit in and do commentary. I'm like the color commentary guy. Uh, more than anything else. Remember, remember the guy in Best in Show, the guy with the black hair, black hair that always said stupid stuff at the wrong time you, huh? as the commentary. <laughs> That's you. That's me. Yeah, I just I I rant about Monsanto. I rant about this. I I, I crack a couple jokes, but the, the whole show is hers. And it's actually every single month, Casual Friday is in the top five most downloated shows. Wow. And what, um, what about, um, what about your, uh, your ex-wife and your kids? What's the uh, relationship? Well, my like two that? oldest children are still in San Diego and they're doing great. And we were very, very close. Um, my ex-wife renewed the EPO for another three years. And that made it very difficult, uh, for me to, uh, see my youngest daughter, but so we she, keep so in she touch. Still thinks, she still thinks you're a bad guy, your ex-wife. Oh, no, it has nothing to do with that. See, this is all posturing. It's all about, trying to make it look like I'm a bad guy. No, no one believes that I'm a bad guy. I mean, even run into friends of hers who are no longer friends of hers who know. They've said, you know, she, she really is just playing this up way too hard and, you know, this was the wrong thing for her to do and blah, blah, blah. So it's just, this is just a game that women play uh, using the judicial system like a sword. That's all it is. Uh, just to so clarify, my, uh, my you're, not, you're not uh, living with your mom anymore. Last time we talked, no, my poor my, my poor mother will be 90 years old on the 24th of this month in four days. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, uh, dementia has set in completely. Um, last time I was out there, which was not too long ago, she doesn't know who I am anymore. So oh. she's in a home now. Yeah, she's in a she's in a really really nice facility in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, she's very well taken care of. She's ambulatory. She can still walk around, but she's, you know, they can't let her go too far because she kind of doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't have to worry about 250-pound uh, naked guys on the couch anymore. Oh, man. Do you remember that? So PJ, so, so there was a show in, in Phoenix, uh, and PJ came to Phoenix, and he stayed with me for like one or two nights. And the first, so I had a, a, one of those sofas that folds out into a bed in the living room. My mother gets up at like 3 o'clock in the morning to start cleaning the house. And there's PJ. <laughs> PJ is sleeping naked underneath the sheet in the living room. My mother comes up to him and starts staring at him, right? Didn't she like stare at you like, who are you? Yes. <laughs> who is this? Was, is this you, Carl? Who, who is this? Yeah, who is this? That was funny. <laughs> PJ ripped, didn't want to sleep there anymore off. after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, how about the kids, Carl? Kids are doing good. Uh, Taylor and Chase in San Diego are thriving, um, and and of course my youngest I don't get to see her very much, but we text and we we talk on the phone, and that's pretty much it until she's a little bit older. How about the uh, the, the the fitness? You you and the missus, you guys still working out hard? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lisa and I go to the gym. Uh, you know, five days a week we're at the gym training. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of it's, it's part of our lifestyle. We look forward to it. You know, she's the only woman I've ever met in my life who, like, will be sitting there going, you know, I think I'm going to train legs tomorrow instead. It's like, you know, like, like these are the kind of discussions you have with your, your male friends, you know. And, like, it, it's, so, it's so natural for us to, to do these things, you know what I mean? It just feels so good to be with somebody that has, has the same interests as me. That's great. Yeah. Um, Carl, uh, you, uh, I guess, I guess the, the, the radio show is it's still Superhuman Radio is, is on every single day, right? Yeah, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And the show is, just, is doing really well. This is our slow season. Right. Uh, typically... After August, uh, listenership slows down through the holidays a little bit, but we still had uh, over 760,000 downloads in August. Wow. Uh, let's go to uh, some listener questions, Carl. I, we do have a bunch of them from people that wanted to hear from you, specifically specific questions. Okay. Uh, Lou Hudson wants to know, Carl, I know you're not a big party guy, uh, but you were a big party guy, but he says, you know you're not a big party guy, but any crazy party stories you have about you and Aaron from your off-topic days? <laughs> You know, I, I don't think we really have any crazy party stories. I mean, we, we partied pretty sensibly. I mean, even when we went to Las Vegas for the Olympia, um, I, I don't remember us doing anything, you know, even remotely embarrassing. Although we were at some parties where people looked like they had the potential to do some embarrassing things. I think that we, one year we were at the ALR party, um, and there was some people that were a bit more intoxicated than they needed to be. Do you not want to, but, do you not want to mention those, the people that, the people no, that No, 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 because I don't even remember, to be honest with you, but I, I, don't, I don't really think that you and I ever did anything that, you know, oh, well, yeah, we were, we were really crazy this night. No, um, we, we, weren't, we, we never did. We never did. No. No. no, and I guess people expected that from us. They thought that because we did those shows and we talked about the things that we talked about, that when we went out that we were going to be like buffoons, but we were always very well maintained, uh, I think. I mean, they were like, there were nights where you went back to your room, you were with Amy at the time, yeah. and we were at an after party or something, and, and you were like, you know, I'm just going to go back to my room. And I was like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, so, if, I were, if I were single back then instead of with Amy, we would have had more fun, because I had more fun doing crazier stuff once I was, uh, after the show was over and I was no longer uh, with Amy anymore. Yeah. Well, so we, we missed out. Yeah. But I was never, the truth is that you get older, you're never really quite as crazy as uh, I once was, or I'm sure as you once were. No, and that's why, you know what, I remember those stories of being in my 20s, the things that I did. I'm glad that I did those things. Do I want to ever do them again? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, next question. Um, Asad Malik wants to know, ask Carl if he would ever consider debating Dave Palumbo on one of the radio shows. He, think, he thinks it would be great to hear you and Dave uh, debating about certain health-related topics. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, but but I got to be honest with you, I, I have this strange uh, inclination to think that Dave has changed uh, his lifestyle dramatically. And I have a feeling that he's doing a lot of the same things that we talk about on Supreme Radio. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's Probably. trimmed down really well. He looks fantastic. He looks better than he's looked ever since I've known him. He looks healthier. Uh, you could see it in his face that he, 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 he feels healthier. Um, and I had a chance to he was on one of the Body RX shows one day, and I said to him something to the effect of something about McDonald's. He says, I don't eat McDonald's anymore. And I said, really? I said, why? And he said, because I want to live longer. <laughs> and that, that told the story for me. I thought, you know, Dave is, is coming to his own. He's proved that he could be a 285-pound, ripped-to-shreds freak. 
He, he got that T-shirt. He doesn't need to do that again and again. Uh, now he's moved on to a more sensible lifestyle. And I got to believe he's, if I had a bet, I got to believe that he's supplementing sensibly. He's probably eating a, an ancestral-style diet. Uh, and uh, he realizes that carrying all that excess muscle wasn't really necessary. And he's probably got a very sustainable physique that he can keep until he's 80 or 90 now. Dave is such an extremist. He went from wanting to be the biggest, most ripped guy on the planet to being the guy who wants to live the longest on the planet. Now he wants to never die, basically. Well, listen, and, and, and let me tell you something. It absolutely, his, it, it's not that he would never die, but he can absolutely live to be 120, 130 years old and thrive at those ages. I, I'm not just saying this. I know that this is possible. It takes some specific things um, that you have to adhere to. Uh, but I don't doubt that he will be able to do it. Dave achieved a great uh, a status as a bodybuilder because he had that same extreme approach. He, he learned what he had to learn. He applied what he had to apply. He had the discipline. He's going to do the same thing in the longevity area. I don't doubt that, uh, that he will be able to achieve these things. And I, I would also – I have a funny feeling if he tuned into some of our shows, he'd probably think, wow, this is great stuff because this is, this is my mantra. This is all it is right now. I can't imagine a 120-year-old Dave Palumbo. <laughs> I can. I, I, I bet you he'll look just Probably the way he does similar. now, but without the eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, uh, Vincent Scarduzio wants to know, uh, has Carl ever beat up a dude for hitting on uh, Elisa Perfumo? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, and that's not to say that guys don't hit on her. Um, when we're at the gym, I look at the guys. She'll be in an area of the gym working out by herself, and some guy will just make a beeline back there and start, like, looking for something to do. And I know that they're interested in getting closer to her and seeing her, but I've never been uh, insecure in that way. I don't feel like I have to uh, try to beat guys away from her. And also, she doesn't send those signals out that she's available, so it, it works out really, really well. I've always liked it when I see guys checking out my girl. I, I, I've always uh, gotten, uh, I don't want to say aroused, but... It's, uh, I like to know that, that other guys want my girl. You know, there's something yeah. to be said for that. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, it, it, for me it happens every time we go to the gym. Hmm. Uh, I watch guys look at her. I watch guys work their way into the area that she's training. I watch guys try to – they keep looking over at her, like trying to make eye contact with her, but she's busy working out, and she's not looking at them. And it, it kind of, you know, it, 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 I get a kick out of it a little bit. But I, it, it doesn't mean anything to me because uh, she and I are cut from the same kind of cloth when it comes to the whole, yeah. you know, loyalty thing. I was it's privileged that, to see uh, her in a bikini. Who, who, who said that just now? Me, PJ. Oh, yeah, I know because you were working with her for yeah. a while. She, uh, and I'm not saying this because you're my friend and you're on the radio, but uh, she had a, a, a more pleasing and just uh, pretty physique than most 25-year-old girls that I've worked with. Uh, and she looks so much better now, PJ. She's uh, she's gained about uh, 11 pounds of muscle, and she dropped about what about 15 pounds, 14, 15 pounds. She dropped about 14 pounds of fat, and she gained about wow. 11 pounds of muscle. She was working with a girl up in northern Kentucky for a while, and she really made some fantastic progress. Well, and she looks nice. amazing. I mean, she listen. She I, I I tell her this all the time. And I know that she discounts it because she knows I love her. Mm -hmm. So she just thinks, 
I, she, she, I, I always say to her, you, you know, you've got the body of a 25-year-old. You yeah, really, really I don't. I told her that, and I, I have no reason. To, I Trust me, I'm very straightforward with my people, you know, and uh, I thought that she was extremely impressive when I was working with her. Carl, Carl, how come you guys are, you, with doing your, this is a job, question from Aaron, you guys could be living anywhere, your kids aren't there, why are you still in Kentucky? It seems like, I mean, I know a lot of people from there that seem to like it, but it seems like not the place to be, you know. Well, it, it, and we, we, we have been talking about the fact that we are thinking about moving, but the problem is where do we move? Do we move someplace exotic like Costa Rica? Because don't forget, <laughs> I can do my radio show from any place there's telephone lines and internet. I'll tell you what, come check out Boca Raton. It doesn't get much better than here. Yeah, really? South Florida is it's, great. It's great down here, Carl. I'm, I'm worried I, about I the country. Like $16 trillion dollars in debt. I'm really worried about the country. For the first time in my life, I'm really, really thinking seriously that maybe moving outside the United States might not be a bad idea for a while. Mm. Oh. I did a guest pose in Costa Rica, and there was actually a lot of uh, you know U.S. citizens that were down there living there. There's, uh, my cousins have friends that live in Panama. They moved. There's, there's actually... I did a show at the beginning of the summer with an uh, anthropologist, sociologist from... Uh, Ohio State, who's written a couple textbooks, and I said uh, the, the, the premise of the show was looking at lost civilizations like the, you know, the, the, the Egyptians, the Roman Empire, the Mayans. Does the United States have any parallels to lost civilizations? Because what people don't understand about lost, lost civilizations, they think that everybody died. No. The, the society broke down and everybody left. They went somewhere else. They voted with their feet. They left. And this guy said, out of the 10 indicators of a civilization that is, is threatened with extinction, we currently have seven of them. Once the military uh, starts to fall apart and starts betraying uh, the, the higher-ups, that's the, that's the kiss of death. That's the one thing keeping us right now from ending up like one of these other countries. So for me, uh, for the first time ever, I'm actually thinking, you know, Maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to, like, get out of the United States for a while. Because it's, it's in, in my humble opinion, it, it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, well, I'm not going anywhere, and so I'm raising a kid. I'm hoping you're wrong, Carl. Well, uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong, too. Believe uh, me. Take, Takey Kimball wants to know, what is Carl's most memorable good or bad moment on Off Topic Radio? Oh, I have so many. I have only good moments, only good memories of Off Topic. Uh, you got to give one. for. I'm trying uh, to think. You gotta for your satisfied takey. Come on. Uh, let me think about this. I don't know. There were so many good banter's. I mean, I think that people tuned in to off topic for the banter more than anything else. Yeah. I gotta say, I think some of my most memorable moments had to be uh, having Dominique Danger on the show. <laughs> that, uh, was that, that was just like that was just unbelievable. I mean, I was asking questions. You were asking questions. She was answering them, and I was like, "Oh my God, did she just say that?" <laughs> I um, think. Um, be- you know, when I think back, I think back. The most listened to episode, as far as I know, ever was when uh, Amy Nichols cheated on me. My girlfriend cheated on me, and she actually came back on the show right. a few weeks later to to give her point of view and to represent herself on the show, and that was pretty unbelievable. Remember when she first cheated on you, and we did the show, and I kept playing the uh, the song from the Wizard of Oz, "We Represent the Lollipop." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Lollipop Clan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I kept saying that Amy was a midget. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. that was cruel. And then I apologized to her when I had her on the show. I said, you know, I was really cruel to you. I'm, I'm sorry. But um, 
Yeah, that was a good show. That really was. I remember that you were a little nervous uh, at the beginning of that show also. Yeah, because I knew she was pretty kind of like kind of crazy, so I didn't know. Where well, yeah, she was you didn't going. know where she was going to go with it. Exactly. Yeah. In, in yeah. actuality, knowing you know from from what happened later on and everything else with her, it ended, that show went about as well as it possibly could have. Yeah, uh, I think remember, also. No, I'm sorry. You remember uh, not long after that? I think it was at the Olympia. I think we were still doing the show when she was text messaging all the people in bodybuilding, saying that that I needed help because I was back on drugs oh. again. Uh, yeah, she, you know, this, it's come full circle. This is exactly what women do in this country that I was talking about before. I mean, they just, they just want to dismantle guys. They just, it just, it was just so spiritually corrupt what she was doing at that point in time. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It really, really was. I haven't talked to her in in quite a while. Last time I saw her, she gave me back Rustin, the dog, my dog. So, um, I, I, you have the dog in Florida. Yeah. He's here now. Yeah. We love him. Oh, how cool. We love him. Uh, we got a full house, Carl. I got two cats, Doke and Tyson. I got a dog, Rustim, and I got a little boy, uh, Asher. Uh, and Asher's so cute. Uh, Elisa showed me pictures of him on Facebook. I think it was, was it, did I text you yesterday or today? Uh, yeah, yesterday. yesterday. Yesterday is how we got And that. I said, oh, my God, he looks just like Aaron. He, he's got <laughs> your wife's color. Yeah. You know, he's got the darker skin like I have and the dark hair. But it's your, uh, his eyes were your eyes. I was like, oh, my God, that's, that's Aaron's eyes. Yeah, he's 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 definitely a cutie. He's, I mean, I don't know, I know nothing about babies, Carl, but he is um, unusually well behaved, from what I can tell. You know, he doesn't he doesn't cry at night, really. You know, he just cries enough to get his food. You know, and uh, and Dariel is breastfeeding, right? Yeah, she's breastfeeding. I mean, Good. she's actually she's supplementing with the bottles because she's not really breastfeeding. There's not enough milk coming out at this point, too. Well, breastfeed. she just needs to keep she just needs to keep working at it, and it will she will lactate. And then obviously she can also pump in the in the interim and yeah. use that too. I, I got to tell you, there is so much emerging research we've been talking about on my show about the importance of breastfeeding a baby. I'm telling you, it's the one most important thing that you can do for your child. Yeah, he has a personal chef too, Carl. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he does. He's, he's, he's got dinners cooked for him every night. Who's All the personal long. chef, PJ? <laughs> No, he's talking about the baby, Darielle. No, I'm talking about me. Oh, no, no, okay, okay. PJ does. PJ, you know, now that he lives here, and he actually lived at my house for a few weeks before his house was ready, he is the most uh, unbelievable uh, man with the barbecue grill. And he, uh, he is the grill master, I call him. So he <laughs> comes over and grills regularly. Yesterday he made some great skirt steak. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's, uh, that's um, great. So uh, Xavier Wills, our editor-in-chief of RX Muscle Australia, wants to know, um, I don't even know about this, Carl... How do you feel about your son getting into weight training? Do you believe it was because you were not a pushy dad about starting weight training and you just led by example? I think so. I got to be honest with you. You know, Chase, Chase was growing up at the time, uh, and, and like most teenagers, he was striving for autonomy and trying to get out from under my wing and his mother's wing. And so I never tried to get him. I never said, hey, come to the gym with me or anything like that. I did buy him a set of weights that sat in the garage. He didn't use them. And that was it. He gets out to San Diego. And probably about a year or so ago, he started going to the gym and training. And he's become increasingly more uh, interested in physical culture. And so he calls me and asks me for help now. And I give him my two cents. Uh, But I've also introduced him to other people that have helped him as well. And it's, uh, I guess he just kind of found it on his own. And I think that if I would have tried to push him to it, he would have never done that because it would have been like, I'm not doing that because my dad wants me to do it. And that would have been it. Um, next question is from Jess McCutcheon. He actually has two questions. We'll start with the first one. After all the time has passed since the days of off topic, 
Carl, what do you believe the legacy of Off Topic is? And do you have any last reflections on the shows? The legacy of Off Topic. I got to tell you, I think the legacy of Off Topic was... um, it was, it was actually the, the, the recordings bore witness to two lives unfolding. Uh, there was the, the emerging life of you, Aaron Singerman, who was becoming uh, what we didn't realize back then would be you know, uh, a, a main uh, player in the, in, in the bodybuilding world. Uh, and also, it was the unfolding or unraveling of a 22-year life of mine that was changing in, in ways that I... I didn't even know how it was going to change at that point in time. And I think that it was just uh, kind of a – the, the, the recordings bore witness to these two lives changing. And we made magic for a little while on the air because it was, you know, it was really quite accidental when you think about it. Um, the legacy, I think, of Off Topic is it gives you an opportunity to peek in to two real lives. You were, you were, you were, you, 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 you know, admittedly on the air – we had some issues uh, with recreational drugs that you were working your way out of. You talked about that and your past. And I was working my way out of life issues related to divorce and families falling apart and all that sort of stuff. And, and people can listen to that, and it's, it's all heart and soul. You know, Sally Ann Taylor said it best, uh, and, I, and I don't think it was just me. While she was commenting about a post, of uh, somebody said something about me on Rx Muscle, and Sally Ann Taylor said, that, you know, Carl Lenore bleeds for the audience every night, but you bled for the audience, too. You let people in uh, when Amy was cheating. You let people in on you uh, eliminating uh, methadone from your life. You let people in on all that sort of stuff. So the legacy is two real lives unfolding for a year, and people got to listen in and, and, and follow us. That's a, that's, that is a good synopsis, Carl. I, I agree with that. It's definitely, it was like recorded of, of two lives unfolding. And, and you know what? That's one of the things that made the show so good. And it's one of the things that me and PJ now do on Iron Empire Radio is we don't hold anything back. And so the people who listen to the show don't just enjoy the show. That's why it's so much more meaningful. Um, you remember when people would come up at the Olympia or the Arnold and say, man, I love your show. Because what they were saying in reality was that they, they loved us. That they, yes. love, they love our personalities. It's much different. And, and than- that was, that's always been my credo on radio. I, I, when I decided to do radio, I decided that I was going to give the audience part of me. Yeah. I was going to give them a peek into who I was, come hell or high water, you know, whether they liked me or not, this is who I was. I wasn't going to be apologetic about it, but I was going to share the real me. I wasn't going to be a, a persona behind the mic and then somebody else, again, you, if you listen to me on the radio, then you pretty much know what it's like to be with me one-on-one because that's who I am is who I am, period. You know, that brings up a good question. Um, now that you're not doing off-topic radio, it's been for quite a while now, you know, do you have an outlet um, I mean, in Superhuman Radio or Casual Fridays, to be the Carl Lenore, no, not to be yes. the Carl Lenore. Elisa, uh, Elisa gives me that opportunity on Casual Fridays. I get to clown around on Casual Fridays. I get to make jokes. I get to say silly stuff. Um, I, 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 that's what Casual Friday is for me. It's kind of like the one day out of the week where Elisa delivers all of the important content, and I get to be, you know, the goofball. And, and just kind of rant about what I want to rant about, say silly stuff, make mistakes. And so, yeah, Casual Friday has really taken over for off-topic, and especially because I don't have 
I don't have that uh, vitriol anymore. So my, 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 my dialogue and my rants are not as caustic as they used to be on, on casual Friday. I mean, on, on off topic. Um, we're going to ask one more question uh, from the listeners. And then if you got time, if you have time left, I know you go to bed early. We'll uh, go to some questions that we can kind of discuss between the three of us. Um, this question is, um, let's see, uh, off topic ended under what can be best described as less than perfect circumstances with the obvious lack of understanding e- on each other's point of view on the last show. After all this time, I want both Aaron and Carl to comment on one thing they could have done to make it easier on the other person by the end. And this guy, he's an off topic, loyal off topic listener from show number one. I think that, the, I think that for me at the end, um, I don't know that I could have done anything different because I had, uh, I had time constraints imposed upon me that you were not privy to. And the other thing was that off-topic ended up hurting me uh, in court. Uh, the, the, my, my ex-wife's attorney brought excerpts from off-topic into the courtroom and played them and this incensed the judge and made him my enemy immediately because I was saying things about him on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I, I, I had to pull the plug on off topic immediately. I couldn't go on any further. There was no way for me to, 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 to go on any further. I guess if, in retrospect, the only thing I could have done differently would have been had I had the resources to have gotten you set up uh, and, and gotten you to take over the show immediately and just move forward from there let you move forward from there. But I had to just wash my hands of off topic. It, 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 I, I cannot even detail um, the problems that off topic caused for me in that courtroom on multiple levels. It wasn't just what I said about the judge. It was that they, they, they thought that I was making big money in off topic and hiding the money in somebody else's name. I mean, it was just, it was ad infinitum. Off topic was like, oh my God, what the hell is wrong here? I got to get out from under the show immediately. I mean, I really needed the show to go away because had off topic continued on in your name, then they would have argued that I was still somehow involved in it. You know, I'm listening to you guys reflect on everything. You know, it, it's safe to say that because of off topic radio, um, you know, Iron Empire Radio and my friendship with, with Aaron, you know, wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that show because I didn't know Aaron until, um, you know, he had approached me. I believe at the Arnold, and you know, I, I, I had actually started paying attention to the radio show more after that, and then I became a guest on the show, and our friendship kind of grew from there. Well, and and, and in actuality, if, to recount this, when I was in Phoenix, if you remember, when I decided I had to get out from under off topic, I called PJ and I said, PJ, you would be the ideal co-host to work on off topic with Aaron to move forward. Remember that? Yeah, we got into a big. Me and PJ got into a big fight over that, actually. <laughs> uh, well, was I was trying to put you guys together. I was trying to put you guys together. Me and PJ's fight was because at the time, uh, uh, he was. It's like you t- called him. And, uh, and then he said something, it's something to, I guess the fight occurred with something about PJ saying that he would have to control the money because he couldn't trust me with the money or something or something to that extent. Oh, and I, I got, I got my feelings really hurt. And I don't blame you. You know what? A lot business is, uh, is difficult even in the best of circumstances. No, you know, at the time, th- this is my comment for, uh, for Jess, the, that my answer to that is that, you know, it's funny at the time, seem, sometimes things seem like a big deal or. They seem very dramatic, and you know, I felt at the time I felt like Carl was kind of like 
uh, pushing like I'm the, the the baby bird, and he's pushing me out from the nest, and I just wasn't ready to fly. And in reality, uh, it ended up being just the opposite, and that uh, and that it, Carl would have done me a huge disservice if we continued on doing off topic at half mast, or even even doing it how it was as, as it was towards the end. It would have it would have uh, I would not have done. I may not be where I am today, and I definitely wouldn't have went out there and uh, and got a serious work ethic because at the time when we were doing off topic. Even though I was putting together the shows and getting the guests and kind of organizing it, um, I wasn't really—I really wasn't working very hard. I was work—I was working actually the opposite. I was working not hard at all. And um, and if we would have continued like that, maybe I would have just kept um, making do with what I was doing as opposed to now uh, what I, I hustle. Right. And I hustle harder than most people. Maybe most people are capable of. And yeah. the reason—the reason I'm doing that is because because um, I had to. And if right. I wouldn't have had to, if we would have kept making the little bit of money we were making and I would just kept surviving and we would have kept doing the show, then maybe that would have been good enough. And maybe we would have kept doing that for a long time, you know? Yeah. No, no, I, I think so. I knew that you would do well. I knew that you would land on your feet. I never thought that I was, I was um, sabotaging you. I know your mom kind of felt like that's what I was doing, and I felt bad about that. But I, I, I knew that you would just bounce back and do something else. My mom's I knew always... I going is, to work... What's that? My mom is the typical... Um, good Jewish mother. She is always going to be on my side. You know, it wouldn't have mattered if you yeah. were totally right. She would still be on yeah. my side. But it all worked out, and it's, and 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 it's an important uh, chapter in both of our lives. And I'm glad we both had a chance to do it. We, we we made you know it was a great show. It was a great show. It's a great show today to listen to again and again and again. For the time that we did it, there was really nothing else. And maybe to this day, you know, Iron Empire Radios creating it to some extent, recreating it to some extent. And we've got some extremely passionate listeners and fans just like off topic did. Uh, but at the time it was amazing when we had all those people participating on the boards and listening to the show live and interacting. That's something that, uh, that, that may never be recreated again. You know, it's a, yeah. it was something that was very unusual at the time. That's it. Hey, I hate to do this to you. But I figured. Yeah. You know, you know me, I'm in bed by nine o'clock. I know I'm a real puss, but it's, it's all, I've been training really, really hard. I've been, I, I'm changing my body again. I'm rebuilding myself from the inside out and, uh, I'm taking it very seriously. As you know, I'm like you, Aaron, when I make a decision to do something, I go to it. So, right. Well, we will honor that Carl and we will let you go. We appreciate both PJ and I appreciate very much you appearing on iron empire radio. We would, we would love my to pleasure. have you back sometime in the future to, to participate in a uh, in a discussion about some other topics that listeners bring up, if you absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely, I this was pretty painless, right? What's that? This was pretty painless, right? Yeah, of course it was. I knew it would be. Oh, good. You know, Carl, I want to thank you for having me uh, as a guest on Superhuman Radio. I have every single show I have done for you. I have signed up at least one client after the show, and, and this oh, one I signed up two afterwards. Um, so I pre- appreciate you having me on there. I'm glad. I'm glad, and I'm I'm, I'm very happy for you too, PJ. And I know that you've had your uh, ups and downs on the personal side of your life, and I'm glad to see that you are not only on your feet, but you're thriving. Thank okay? you, Carl. All right, guys, thank you so much for having me on, okay? Let's do it again soon. Thank you, Carl. Thanks, Carl. All right. Good night. Bye. All right, PJ, All right. we will uh, go to list of questions in just a second. We'll go to – you want to do shout-outs next? Do shout-outs. All right, so we'll be back in just a second. It won't be any second for you guys because we're just going to take a quick break in three seconds. We'll be back.
Scorpio. Iron Mag Labs is the leading supplement company offering the most hardcore pro-anabolic supplements on the market. Visit IronMagLabs.com and check out our top-selling pro-anabolics. Methadrol Extreme, Slipper DMZ RX, Cytostain RX, and E-Control RX with 6OXO. Iron Mag Labs makes supplements that actually work. No hype, no BS, just real results. There's a reason you keep hearing about Iron Mag Labs. Come see what you're missing. Visit IronMagLabs.com for the most hardcore bodybuilding supplements. Orbit Nutrition carries over 1,000 of the hottest nutritional supplements, performance enhancers, and nutraceuticals on the planet. And now, Iron Empire Radio listeners get an additional 5% off their everyday low prices by using the coupon code IER5. That's IER and the number 5. Choose products like Quest Protein Bars, iForce, Iron Mag Labs, and more. Check out Orbit's daily deals for special insane blowout prices. Log on to Orbit's Nutrition Forum and get feedback on the products you're interested in. Check out OrbitsNutrition.com and use the discount code IER5.
What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get this show on. Bring them up. All right. So I'm pulling up these these shout outs. We do have a lot of shout outs again, as usual. Let's see what we got here. What do we got, PJ? What do we got? All right. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. 70 comments. That's good. Good enough. All right. Here we go. Go. All right. Let's get in. First on the list. Uh, Muscle Mitch, our number man. One, number one. one. OrbitNutrition.com. Go visit it. Buy your supplements there. Tell me your discount. Yep. Aaron 5 or IER 5, whichever. doesn't matter to me. Prices are already very, very low. Super low. low. Super low. All right. Shout out. Stephen Moore. Who do we got here? Martin. Oh, new guy. Holtbjak. Holtbjak. Shout out to Martin Holtbjak. Holtbjak. Uh, Max Barham. Stephanie Barham. Wow, look at they. They got in there fast. And we're going to be going to see. We're going to see them at the Olympia next week. They're excited about that. Yep. Uh, shout out to Jessica Dunn, um, Spencer Barrett, Luke Dugan, uh, Megan Maida Hessian, Omar Hurtado, Adam Bray, Rob Holt, Patrick Barnes, Joey Mangiello. <laughs> Everybody wants the, wants the, re, the retarded girl voice, but I, I'm retiring it for, for a little while. So no more asking for the retarded girl voice. I'll bring it back when you don't expect it. Chris Pitcher, uh, Dylan Lindstadt, Benjamin Herring, uh, Asad Malik, Ahmad Malik, Brian Mykoff, Kanata Nunn, Shane Royce, Jody Boba Danielle, Sean F. Robb, Shane Gallant, uh, Tom Ramsey, Joshua Marzek, uh, and his twin brother, uh, and his fiancée, Michelle, um, Carson Lee Bazanson, uh, Ashley Gray, Michael Battistella, Tyler Furfero, a lot of new ones, Jonathan Gomes, Ryan Moore, Shout out to Ryan Moore. I'll do the Palumbo voice. Shout out to Rob, Man- Rob Manns, our buddy. I think I already said Ben Ben thank you, thank you, Rob, for the nice card he sent to me and Dariel for the uh, baby. Aw. Very nice. Uh, Mark Drabsch, Eric Davis, Scott Did Gold. you do Ben Grahada? Yeah, we already did Grahada, I think, over the top. Oh, okay. Grahada's doing good, man. He's, he's, uh, I, I gave him a diet. He, he dropped a lot of weight. He looks good. Good. Uh, well, he did Scott. Emily uh, and Michael Battistella. Uh, Bat Steeler, excuse me. Uh, Ryan Neal, Andrew Paul Kutnick, Danny Please, I know it now. Chris Schmidt and Renee, of course. Alex, Taiki Kimball, Oliver Grathwall, Amy Lauren Gray. Uh, that's the female. That's Gray. the female. That's the one and only female, female Lauren Gray. Gray of all the female named Grays. That's the only real female. Uh, Ian Hideki, uh, Mario De Vega, Thomas Kalikev, Big Nut. <laughs> Uh, Dave Juzzi or Guzzi, Will Albertos, Big Willie Styles, of course, Sammy uh, Juntinen, Xavier Wills, uh, and Jane, Jesse Smith, Aaron Novikoff, Keith Allen, Jess McCutcheon, Clint Fleming, Steve Miller, uh, Maggie Green, Dejan Popovic, and John Otterstrom. Johan, Johan. Johan Otterstrom. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, I'll do some listeners. A lot of new ones. Yeah, a lot of new ones. ones. I like that. testing my uh, pronunciations. I like that. I like that. I like new ones. Makes me work. All right, um, Jessica Dunn wants to know. I may have a kitten in the near future. Any name suggestions for a kitten? I got to see what she looks like. Yeah, I think first. I think Jessica, you need to give us a picture and then we'll give you an idea. Yes, idea. definitely. And she wants to know: Can we do some shots in Vegas next week? Of course. Yes. She wants to do the dude. We always do shots. We'll shots. Let's do some body shots, just to get uh, Just with yeah, you, you, I will, uh, I will uh, witness that and video that for <laughs> far its muscle. That's all I can know. All right, um, Spencer Barrett. If there were one drug that you could make legal, 
that you would do all the time, which one would it be? Besides steroids, that's too easy. Um, my answer would be probably be GHB. It yeah, was, yeah, GHB. It was legal Boom. before. Smart thinking. Um, and uh, that that would be my choice. I mean, GHB. The truth was that before people were using it to rape uh, women mm-hmm. or men, if yeah. that was your predilection. Yeah. Um, then uh, before then, it was totally legal because it's not uh, as long as it's done in in, uh, in the correct dosages, it's completely uh, safe. Your body processes it like a, a like sodium because that's really yep. what it's based off. Mm-hmm. So it's not toxic. It can be overdone, but. Um, Certainly, that's happened uh, before to me. Mm-hmm. I've had some strange... Maybe I could tell some weird GHB stories. And myself, yes. Yeah, yeah, we both have had some. Uh, anyway, next on the list, let's see. Omar Hurtada. If BLP paid your trip, would you go on one of his famous training hunts? PJ, this is for PJ. You wouldn't have to bang any of them. Just go with him and party with him to go on one of his training hunts. No, probably not. Yeah, I don't think... PJ, you like BLP kind of, but you're not like, you're, you're kind of like, I don't even know if you're fascinated by it. You're like, what, a little disturbed by the BLP phenomenon with like the... No, I'm not disturbed, but I'm also not fascinated. You're not know? even He can do that on his own time. I don't need to be there watching it. Um, <laughs> I don't think that I would have fun, you know, because I'm not going to bang trannies. Um, and it's a far trip. It's a long flight, which will probably have me cranky. I'd probably ruin his time. I'd complain a lot. Yeah, you probably would. I could definitely see that. Yeah, like, this, this man, he, all he do is complain. Um, Adam Bray, if you, Aaron and PJ, if you would have to go back in time and fight one war, which war would you choose to fight and why? Hmm. It's pretty easy for me. I would do World War II and I would, uh, I would fight, uh, the Nazis. I mean, of course. that's the only, that's the only one that, uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go fight any war, any war, any war in any time because people die in war and I'm not looking to die. Um, but if I had to do one, I would go back and I'd fight the Nazis. I would, I would personally kill Adolf Hitler. I would have to. Well, that's good. What about you? Wouldn't you I think that? that I would probably go back to World War II also, and I would fight you. You'd fight me? Yeah. You'd be I, a Nazi? I would be on the German side. Yeah. You motherfucker. I'll, <laughs> I would kill Pete. I would definitely... I would I would sneak up, and I'd be like, oh, PJ, it's so good to see you, and then I would stab him with a knife. <laughs> it, is nuts. it is nuts. I would have taught all the uh, SS soldiers the proper way to use steroids, where they would be unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. That would, I would, it would like, be a, a quite the army. That's what we would bomb you. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, bomb those juice heads. Yeah, bomb the juice heads. I would poison all your juice with estrogen. <laughs> I, would, I would spike all the testosterone. All these crying SS soldiers. Yeah, I would, I would, I would totally spike your shit. Um, we all had bitch tits. Yeah, so uh, Rob Holt. We all know Heath is going to win the Olympia. Who will win the world's strongest man in 2012 in L.A.? I, we actually happen to know a lot of these guys, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go uh, Mike Jenkins is my bet for world, the world's strongest man. Yeah, I mean, although my, um, uh, as far as friendship and everything goes, my loyalties are, are to the Poundstones, but I, I would be, if I were a betting man, I would bet on Mike Jenkins. Um, all right. Uh, what do you think about that huge motherfucker? What's that? Uh, sorry, Isaac. What's the dude's name? Um, uh, I forget his name now. Darielle posed with him. Super nice yeah, guy. Yeah, huge guy. He's big dude. He's, he's young, like, too. He's like 440, 6'10". Yeah, he's six, ridiculous. I, 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 I was uh, walking next to him. He was a monster. I feel bad. I don't remember his name now. There's another. Uh, there's a few huge guys. What's his name? Shaw is gigantic. Brian, that's what I'm talking about. Brian Shaw. There's another guy that's even bigger than him. Really? There's another dude that's gigantic, gigantic too. That's like 6'8". He's huge. That's one of my favorite. One of the cool parts about the Arnold is being backstage, if you have a press pass, being backstage as the strongman warm-up with one of the huge dumbbells. Were you with me when I shocked Dave Palumbo and Chris Aceto by by doing the dumbbell? No, I was not there. There was a 220-pound dumbbell, and um, 
Acido and Dave were like, ah, oh, I, I couldn't even. Dave tried to lift it and he couldn't even lift it off the ground. Mm-hmm. Just he sad, extend his arm all Just way. a sad, uh, sad state of how weak Palumbo is. He can't lift up the dumbbell off the ground. And Acido didn't pretend to try, but he didn't even try. Mm-hmm. And Dave and him were like, you couldn't lift that. I'm like, Dave, okay, I'm like, that. You know, like Dave is 220 pounds. And he's like, you couldn't lift it. I was like, you want me to lift it? I was like, actually, Dave, I can lift this up and put it on my shoulder. And he's like, no way, it's impossible. And so I picked up and I threw it up and put it on my shoulder very easily. And uh, they were both like, oh. no, I didn't press it or anything like that, which would have really been impressive. Yeah. But, to, but to put it on my shoulder was not that, it was not like, I mean, yeah, 220 pound dumbbell is a lot of uh, weight in a dumbbell, but it's not like, put it this way, I'm sure you could have done it. Uh, but they were blown away. They were like shocked that it, and these guys were picking it up, pressing mm-hmm. it, dropping it, yeah, picking it up, pressing it. They're freak, like warming up with strong. it, one arm, the other arm, you know what I mean? So to see like 12 guys that are all make me look tiny, tiny doing this and warming up and dropping the dumbbell and their huge explosion of sound they drop <laughs> it. Um, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, a, it's a sight to see. Um, let's see. Joey uh, Mantinello, or whatever his name is. Um, says, Manginello. 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 Cool, this is Manginello. PJ, let's say you meet a Jewish girl and fall in love. She wants to get married, but you have to get circumcised, and the rabbi has to get a drop of, the, of blood from your, from your penis tip. You have to have a bris. Mm-hmm. Would you do it? And what would be the most, uh, what, would, what would you, what is the most you would do for a relationship? Both, both hypo- hypothetically speaking. Well, I'm already circumcised. Um, uh, you don't have a bris, though. He brings no. up a good point. If you're, if you're not Jewish and you convert, I think that there are some people that say that you need to get a, a, a blood, a drip out of the tip. Mm-hmm. So they'll just like prick it with a needle. I'm sure it doesn't hurt if they just prick yeah. it real fast. Like when you do a diabetes. But yeah, it's really not that big a deal. I wouldn't be opposed to that. It's interesting. I don't know if I would want to be on that board in a, in a room full of people like the baby. <laughs> they don't do I could do without that part of it. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> they like, instead of the little table that, that Asher was on, they had a huge table, like a big, like a card table. And they pull, they're like, set, set PJ, baby PJ down on the thing. Like naked. They put all like me and PJ's friends all lift them up onto the board. Um, That's funny. Would you? This is a good question. I already know the answer to this. If you met a girl and she was great and you loved her and stuff, but she would only marry a Jewish guy, her parents were like um, absolutely, you know, totally against them. Uh, like my parents, um, they really wanted Dana to marry a Jewish guy. If you met a girl like that that you loved and was great relationship, and her parents were that into it, would you convert? Uh, if I loved her that much, yes. There you go. Good choice. Um, I'm not. I wasn't raised raised overly religious enough. Where I'll be that opposed to her beliefs. The truth, the, the truth, Especially if it was going to make her family happy. Yeah. The truth of the matter is that you have to be really, in my opinion, you have to be really, like, into it. Or it would have to really matter a lot to your parents. Um, because otherwise, like, it's not that big a deal. You know, the truth is you can do whatever you want. It's just a ceremony, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean that you're going to have to be like, I renounce Jesus. And yes. like, you know what I mean? That, that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Landstadt wants to know. <laughs> this is a good one. The Brazilian businessman has returned. <laughs> Uh, with a cur- this, guy, this guy is always around this Brazilian this man. man yeah, we brought him out and now he's back for he's going here forever he's always hiding around the next corner right <laughs> jump out I'm like looking over my shoulder lately and offer money to do some <laughs> sexual thing to him uh, with a curtain drawn between you and PJ he sits on the opposite side of the room you could both see him but not each other in silence he presents an increasing dollar amount uh, in silence he presents a gr- increasing dollar amounts for his unknown gay for pay fantasy, which one of you accepts his do- his offer first? So only one of us can get the money then. Okay, so let me repeat this just to be clear because mm-hmm. I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little not fully understanding. So there's a curtain drawn between me and you, and we can both see him, but we can't see each other. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, in silence, he's just sitting there in silence. Me and you are in silence. Everybody in silence, and then he presents an increasing dollar amount for an unknown gay for pay fantasy. Which one of you accepts his offer first? Hmm. I, to me, I don't know if I'm not getting this all the way, but to me, it depends on what his offer. Yeah, was. well, we don't we don't know. So obviously, the more the the, the higher the the monetary number, so eventually we we'll get the, to a point where the we're freakier the fantasy is going to be. Oh, so you're saying as the dollar amount goes up, it's, it gets worse? I, that's what I'm thinking. If he's going to be like, look, man, you, you know, we just got to a million dollars. Like, I'm, you're not going to just suck my dick. You're going to have to, you know, let so, me put it in you. So uh, one of us has to accept or I'm, I'm No, I, 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 I suppose neither one of us has to, and the money will just keep going up. At which point, I think that if you have not um, said, all right, let's do it at a million dollars, I think that's when I would say, all right, let's, let's do it. Give me, give me the so you think, you think if, if he was like, if he was like, um, if it got up there like to a crazy amount, it's like just like twenty million dollars. He's like, uh, I'm going to have my four black friends uh, quadruple team your butthole. Ugh. While I, uh, while I, see, you know, all of a sudden a million dollars doesn't seem like that much money now. Why feed you through a garden hose a gallon of my semen? Ugh. What I want to know is why we uh, have to be separated by a curtain. That doesn't. I don't understand the. I guess that, that. I guess that they feel like maybe we will, it will like influence us to be like, oh, I better do it now. Better do it now. This PJ's gonna do it any second. He's gonna take my money. <laughs> like store like storage wars when they bid it out, outbid each other. What I would do is what I would do. The smart Jewish thing to do is I would let PJ go, and then I'd be like, for ten percent of your money, nobody will ever know that you did this. <laughs> be like, if if you don't want to give me any money, you know, I'm definitely going out there and telling everybody. <laughs> You'd be like, ah, ten percent's not that much. Of twenty million, I'll have to give it to him. Uh, um, so you think you did? You would reach out? Yeah, that's a, this is a rough one. I don't like the uncertainty here. You know, at least the first time the Brazilian business guy came around, we knew what we were getting into. Right, we did. You know, either you were getting a little blowjob action or you're dildo on yourself. Like we don't know. Like you just presented a situation that scary was really like traumatizing. I think if you had to go through that, you know, right. I don't know if a million dollars would really correct you after that. Um, I guess we're gonna have to pass and wait for more details, Dylan. Uh, you know, Benjamin Herring brings up a thing. He says uh, he wants to give a shout-out to Slinky. And Slinky, you know how that is? No, who's Slinky? That's Asher, baby Asher. Oh, he's called him Slinky? And it's funny, Dave Palumbo gave him the nickname Slinky because he was born while Dave was in Helsinki. Oh, okay. And I thought that's very that's a very interesting, like, Dave Palumboism that he would nickname my child the place that he was when the child was born. Like, you're like, this child should be nicknamed wherever I was when I was born. <laughs> I was like, Dave, why would you name him uh, Slinky? I don't get it. He's like, because I was in Helsinki. And I was like, that still doesn't make any sense. Yes. He's like, it does to me. Why wouldn't it be Slinky then? <laughs> I was like, I mean, that seems like, you know what I mean? Like, that that's the significance. That's where he was. Like, I'll be like, I'll be like, you know, Asher, the reason your nickname is Slinky when he's like 13. I'll be like, hey, Dad, I don't understand why everybody calls me Slinky. <laughs> like, well, that's because that's where Dave Palumbo was when you were born. You're like, huh? That's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the significance. Well, you know what, Asher? You should just be very happy that he's in your life. <laughs> that's right. You should be. Just write him a thank you note. Um, Shane Royce, what's the most annoying thing you see people do when you're in the gym working out? I feel like we've gotten asked this many times. Yeah, right? I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it annoys me the most when I see people, PJ, texting people when he's in the gym. That's what annoys me a lot. He'll be texting people while he's on the phone. Text, text, texting. So it annoys me the most. When that really annoys you. You do the same thing. I know. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying, <laughs> just trying to, just trying to make up something. Um, it it annoys me when PJ doesn't talk to me when we're in the gym working out at the same time. And he's always so serious working out. That's, that annoys me. You should be used to that by now. I you guess. know what annoys me? When the hot girls wear too much clothing. There is, there is, um, there is the, um, the one tiny, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny little girl. Tiny, little precious 
which is a little precious. Her body is just amazing. That um, I'm dying for PJ to talk to. Obviously, <laughs> I have no reason to talk to her. And not that I would anyway. Darielle, don't worry. I would never talk to her. But I do want PJ. I want to live vicariously through PJ. And so far, he hasn't uh, made the move to this little tiny precious. I'm making her wait a little bit. I'm making her... Uh, I held the door open for the other day, and I knew she actually was waiting for me to talk to her, and then I just walked away. Just That's what you have to do to these young ones. You so she has tattoos, so she's you definitely... You have to be a little dick. No, I found out she was of age. I was curious to see if she was of age or not. She's asked the kid at the desk. He said she just turned 21. She, oh. looks, she looks 17. Yeah, she does look 17. Um, her, her body is like... She has calves, which is like for me, she's that's a very, big deal. You don't very, see calves very much. She's one of those girls that just doesn't look like she has a fat cell on her. Yeah, you know it's I mean? incredible. It's not like she's dieting or she's shredded. She's just like she's smooth in a way that looks like it's like a genetic blessing. Like she doesn't have any fat yet. She doesn't. She's not like shredded. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's almost like if you took like if you if you found like who your ideal like U.S. Uh, gymnast Olympian was, but actually kind of like sexed her up a little bit. You know, because yeah. those girls are so little and tight. But they look like kids. This girl doesn't look like a kid. She looks like, like you know, she's got some womanly parts to her. Yeah, womanly um, parts. Extremely firm. Um, just to redeem myself a little bit. You know who else is looking, looking really good? Darielle Gaines. Smart. Darielle Singerman. Very smart. She lost 22 pounds so far. Can you believe mm-hmm. that? In one week, 22 pounds down. Yeah. Um, so she is well on her. She's almost halfway back to uh, uh, bikini bikini weight. She's getting there. The, the breastfeeding is, is burning those cows. Yeah, so um, I'm hoping that... Um, here's my schedule for people who don't know. You know now, and you mm-hmm. gotta be, you gotta make you aware of this. But the Olympia, and then I get back for one day. I go to India. I get back for two days. I go to Spain, and then, I, then I we'll see what happens after that. So I've got a busy, busy, uh, very busy October and the end of September. Uh, so hopefully by the time I get back, and by that point we'll be allowed to have sex again. She's gonna be in like shape. Yeah. Know? By the time you guys have sex again, she's gonna be in really good shape. Yeah. Because I don't know if people know this, but when you uh, have um, a baby, you're not allowed to have sex for uh, six weeks. We're going to cut it a little short at five weeks. But yeah, I'm assuming that most of our, our listeners that aren't retarded know that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they know that it's like that, you know? I don't know. I think it's like most people with common sense would assume if you fired a watermelon out of a little hole like that. Yeah, we want to get her back to Probably that. not a good idea to be sticking anything else in there for a little yeah, while. We want to make sure that she's fully recovered and back to uh, the a correct level of uh, uh, tightness before anything else goes in there. So it, it's been tough already. Um... It's been tough, but we've... For, uh, for anybody that has a baby with Palumbo, they have to wait eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks. Two at least weeks. eight weeks. Yeah. They might have to wait six months. They might. <laughs> the doctor may take a look at Palumbo and say, maybe you should never put that he in actually, the doctor, I don't... I actually think that they don't restitch them uh, if they know that Dave is going to get back in there. You know what? Let's just leave it open. They look at it and they're like, you've been torn a lot before in the past. <laughs> like, this is my husband, Dave Palumbo. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hello. They call me the cocaine. <laughs> cocaine Palumbo. Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> um, um, here we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, top. How, this is from my Ashley Gray, the man Ashley Gray. How do you weigh? <laughs> weigh how, do you, how do you weigh up whether or not you should buy something extravagant when you don't need it? I.e., like a new Boss BMW. Uh, it's it's a classic. You're only once young once type scenario. So should you? Um, he's really wondering. Like you when, should answer this question. Because I never really buy stuff that I don't need. I'm extremely like uh, cheap. I suppose would be the only word to use here. Yeah. You've talked me into buying the things that I buy. Yeah, you get something. You, on your you, list. you have a, a, a way of, of justifying your things that you you, you uh, yeah. spend your money on. You have a, you have something on your list of things that you want, don't you? A big thing. Yeah, I want that vehicle. Yep. You know what I need? I need a grill, though. You know, like I'm already in my head. I'm planning out the things. The next thing I'll be getting is the grill because I'm I'm 
grilling everything here, and it's, it's like making me miss. Having it's funny. Grill. It's funny. You are even. Um, I almost don't want you to grill because then I feel like you won't come over here as much <laughs> to grill. Um, you should call, I call, call all the uh, places that sell grills and tell them like he has no money. You don't have to give them a picture of me and do not do not sell a grill to this. Um, yeah, it's funny. You're actually so bad that even when you do need something, you are bad about buying it. Like mm-hmm. when we went to we went to this um, store to buy furniture for PJ's house, and he needs a lot of furniture. Uh, he left most of it with Amber Day in California. So we go in there and we look at some uh, some stuff. And the one thing you need, I guess we decided you need the most out mm-hmm. of anything, is a kitchen table. Because you have no um, yes. like dining room table, kitchen mm-hmm. slash kitchen table. Yep. And there's a big area in your house that could be nothing for nothing else other than a kitchen table. Yes. So we went in looking for it. And we found a uh, matching kitchen table with it, what they call a, a, sofa, a sofa table. Which means mm-hmm. it separates the sofa from the dining room area because it's a big open room. So we saw that, and we saw a very nice recliner, with, like electric recliner that you definitely do very need. Very nice, yes. Because there's absolutely there's a big part of the living room that needs something else. Yep. So if it's not mm-hmm. a love seat, it's going to be a recliner. We found one that's great. We found another table for uh, for in between the TV. We found a table for like a side table for a lamp. We were finding a bunch of good stuff, and in reality, we probably could have spent another twenty minutes in there. We could have outfitted the whole house practically, minus the desk and maybe a few other little knickknacks. Mm-hmm. But instead, PJ cut us short, and he says, "No, I don't want to do anything else." And we actually took, got rid of the um, the recliner, which you need, and some other side tables and stuff. And we just stuck with the uh, the dining room table and the and the sofa table and, and the, the chairs and the chair. Yeah, and the chairs for the table, of course. Yeah. You got the chairs for the table, and uh, and he was like, "I just want to separate my purchases." And, and the truth of the matter is, you'll buy all of it later, but you wanted to just separate the amount of money that was going out at one time. Yes. I don't like seeing a lot of money go out of my uh, account at one time. It bothers me. You feel like you could put some more in there so it won't look as bad when it comes out. There's a certain number that I like to see in there at all times. and It actually is now below that number thanks to this $3,500 payment that I had to do on my car the other day. Yeah. That's what happens when you have a fancy Mercedes. Yeah. I was not happy about that. So now I really don't want to buy anything for a little while. Um, So actually, i got to tell you, I haven't been buying... As much stuff because I have to go through the Darielle Gaines. Uh, you have everything now. Yeah, I do have everything. I have, I'm a man who has everything. Um, almost. I'll find something else I want. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. It just takes me a little while to figure. I mean, you have else. a good car. Yeah. You have a fully furnished house. Yeah. You have the, the giant monster of a TV in your living room. A giant monitor for your computer in your office. A good desk. Yeah, a good desk. Um, you know, yeah, all kinds of, of uh, fancy cameras and new iPhone on the way. Yeah. Oh, iPhone comes tomorrow. iPhone yeah. five. So all the gadgets you're up to date on. I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right with my plenty shirt. of plenty of clothes. Yeah. Well, gym clothes and Iron Mag Lab shirts, but yeah, that's all I need really. Yeah. What um, else do you need? Nothing. Nothing. So you're you're right, but I'll figure something else out. But my answer, um, Ashley, is that you don't you you know I made the mistake many times of buying stuff that I want and then not having any money left. I think the key is to know what your budget is. And um, I think that the good rule of thumb, this is my rule of thumb. If I were single, this is how I would play it. I would want at least six months worth of my rent in a bank account so that I know that worst comes to worst, I have this money saved up so that I can survive if something bad were to happen. So six months worth of money that you need for your bare minimum, bare necessities. After that, once it's saved away and it's put away and never touched, then you know if you're single and you've got no kids, I say go ahead and get what you want. Uh, but uh, obviously I'm not in that situation anymore so Ashley look look at yourself and look at your money situation and if you got six months of everything you need saved up go ahead get yourself uh, lease yourself that new BMW wise words wise words uh, okay 
Tyler Ferrero wants to know our predictions for the top five of the Olympia. Do you want to do that or no? It's coming sure. Up. We'll just do it fast. Okay. You go first or we go first? Uh, uh, you can go first. Okay, so this is not how I would like to see it go down. This is how I think it's Yeah, mine is the same thing. Not how I want it to go, how I, how I think it's predictions. So, first place, Phil Heath. Second place, um, Branch Warren. Third place, Dennis Wolf. Fourth place, Kai Green. Fifth place, Evan Santapani. Sixth place, um, Sean Roden. That's my predictions. Okay, my predictions are going to be first place, Phil Heath. Second place, Branch Warren. Third place, Kai Green. Fourth place, Dennis Wolf. Fifth place, Evan Santapani. Uh, sixth place, uh, Sean Roden. Okay, so we just switch up. You're going with uh, Dennis in, in second. I'm going in Branch in second. I mean, you're going for Kai in third. I'm going for Wolf in third. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the truth is, you may be right. Um, because Kai, in my mind, is definitely a better bodybuilder than Dennis Wolf. But Kai just doesn't seem to hit it at the Olympics. Never hits it. Never and, hits and I've it. seen some recent pictures of Dennis Wolf. Progress pictures, and he's pretty crazy. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm swinging in that direction. Uh, I know that uh, Jay Cutler is predicting uh, Dennis Wolf in second. So that's uh, that's helping me. Could push happen. Could happen because he, he sees him in person. Second, you know, to Branch Warren at the uh, at the Arnold. Yeah. For me, what I would like to see happen, I would like to see Evan place as high as possible. I don't think anybody's beating Phil Heath. Um, you know, it's it's to me, it's going to be more interesting to see who's in second place. I like Branch Warren, but I don't. I like him personally, but I don't like his physique very yeah, much. It's, it's, me, it's, me, it's me neither. It's got a pretty ugly, weird physique. So, yeah. to be honest with you, if, it, if I were judging, Branch would probably be in fifth or sixth because that's just not my favorite look. Yeah. So, uh, I would have uh, Sean Roden would be very high because I mm-hmm. think Sean Roden has a physique that it, you know, physique. That, that I would like to look like. Um, whereas Branch Warren is not what I would like to look like. Kai Green is pretty not really what really I would like to look like. Although, uh, Kai, if he's crazy shape, if he's in the kind of shape he was when he won the New York Pro, you mm-hmm. never know. I think we're going on too long with the bodybuilding stuff. There you go. That's our prediction. That's it. Um, uh, Jonathan Gomes wants to know, what do you guys think about CrossFit? He knows a few people that have been doing it, and all of a sudden, they're workout experts and they love it. What do you think? CrossFit is very cultish. Very the cool. people that do it are really, really into it. I'm I I not opposed to CrossFit, although I'm opposed to the culty people that do it. Um, I like to watch the, the women's CrossFit games on TV. I think the guys that are that serious about it are tools. Um, but I, I definitely respect the women that do it. They're, they're beasts. Uh, and they train hard. Um, I do have a problem with any of my clients doing too much CrossFit because it is an abundance of stress on your core. And most people that do that much CrossFit develop a thick, blocky cores, which is not conducive to placing well in physique competition. So for that reason, I don't love it. Um, I am uh, agreeing with everything PJ said. Uh, we we know plenty of people that that do CrossFit, and I think it's actually more dangerous than, uh, in my opinion, than, than doing normal uh, normal weight training like yes. a bodybuilder. Um, um, Rob Mance wants to know: at your age now, what point? At what point is it acceptable to take an argument or disrespect to violence? Uh, you want to go first? You want to go first? It's really never. I mean, I guess if you're defending somebody's life, that's one thing. Or I, I mean, there's a lot of situations where I, I feel like the, the the outcome would be best served with a punch in the face. But of course, I don't do it. You know, these days you want to punch somebody in the face, you better have like fifteen thousand dollars for all the legal fees and a few months to you know of, of time to go through bullshit in the court system and everything yeah. else. Um, I think that um, taking a, a, a um, an argument or disrespect to violence. 
I guess it, it really, I would make it up to the other person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody slaps my my uh, wife's ass, then I might be I might beat the shit out of them for that. I might like do so. That's if that's what you mean by disrespect. That might get a uh, a a reaction that I didn't even intend. You know what I mean? Like I would never be like, okay, now it's time for me to beat him up. It just might happen. Uh, but like something like that could happen. But I think like PJ said, you have to really you have to like in the in this day and age, you have to really think about what you're doing because. You might uh, hit somebody and end up uh, in jail for it, you know? Yeah. Um, especially if you look like me or PJ, or especially PJ. There's nothing that you could say to me that would prompt me to punch you in the face. You'd have to physically assault me or somebody around me. Okay. You're probably going to talk about it anyway, but what did you have to pay for Midas, PJ? Ben Grahada. We already talked about this. Pay thirty five hundred dollars for all kinds of car shit. Yeah, thirty five hundred dollars. I had to get a new AC compressor, a new radiator, which I, I'm surprised that I, I needed this. To be honest with you, I wonder about the guy that had me go in there that was supposed to be hooking me up. But at that point, I was like, just fix it, man. You know, we're in here. I've been there for hours already. I wound up being there. I was there at ten thirty a.m. I didn't leave till eight o'clock at night. Shout out to Michelle Baker, by the way. I missed that one, and uh, uh, we'll get you on Skype one of these days, Michelle. Uh, Scott uh, Scott Goebbels. Uh, Goble wants to know from Australia, uh, would you rather have sex with an amputee that is missing both of her legs or both of his ar- both of her arms? I've been watching a lot of the Paralympics lately. Uh, the I would want the arms. Arms? Yeah, because the arms they could grab your cock and do things to you. You want both arms? Yeah. If the legs are gone, it's you know it's easier access. You just spin them around and stuff, you know. Could yeah, I guess I can spin I guess, them around real easily. I guess I can yeah. agree with that. Unless her arm, her legs are really like really good. If she has a nice pair of at, like ass and legs are like really in mm-hmm. shape, then you might just like have her wear a real baggy shirt. You know what I mean? As long as she's got uh, fake boobs, then it really doesn't matter to me in the end. You can get rid of the arms too, arms and legs. Get her, <laughs> just bob her around with me. <laughs> Would you ever have sex with a woman that had no arms and legs? I, and I mean, if I fell in love with her, if I she, suppose. No, no. If you met her, at, if, <laughs> if, like her friends met you at a bar and you were single, like in one of your drunken states, and they're like. Will you please, please bang our friend? And she was like really pretty, and she had these huge fake tits. They're like, please, she's never had sex, and she's twenty one today. Please have sex with her. If it was her twenty first birthday and she yeah. never had sex, yes, of course. You bang the, the, Who am I to deny her that that moment of pure ecstasy? God, I hope I can arrange that. So, <laughs> <laughs> if any of you listeners out there know any woman without <laughs> arms or legs, uh, that's the twenty first birthday. Yeah. Please contact me, and uh, we'll uh, make this thing happen. All right. Um, Let's see. Uh, what do you guys think of peptides, Ryan Neal? We like peptides. We like them. Uh, you love melanotan. I love melanotan. I think it's great. I gave it to you at a low dose, and you liked it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you don't take enough to make you sick. The, uh, the times that I had done it before, I had gotten sick, and that's why I didn't like it. We have a lot of uh, interesting uh, peptides available to us for growth and recovery and you know stuff like that. We actually have a, um, a peptide company coming on soon, but I'm not going to mention it until we get the check. So uh, right now, we have no... Peptide sponsor, but we will soon. So we'll talk all about it when bring uh, that kangaroo back. Yeah, bring. We're going to talk all about researching on our kangaroos as soon as we get He's that money. All skinny and pale. As soon as we get them Benjamins. <laughs> all right, great uh, cash. <laughs> Andrew Kutnick. Uh, let's see. This is his first shout out and question. How do you like that? Hmm. Uh, how about you do? A, oh, this is a suggestion. Uh-huh. It's an idea. How about you do ten to fifteen minutes section called Life with Timbo Holmes, where you answer the life questions or problems or questions for people. But you answer them like you are him. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Suppose we could do that. <laughs> that would be funny. Maybe next week, if I remember, I'll put out a request for uh, Timbo Holmes' uh, question and answer from you guys. And me and PJ will answer them in the fashion that Timbo Holmes might answer them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see. Uh, this is a bad question, Denny. Please. Uh, he's trying to be a personal trainer and he wants any tips on being a good personal trainer. Oh, well, I get these a lot. Man. Jeez. Jeez, man. You have to sell your personality, not your knowledge of training. Go out there and make friends and be friendly. You look at Timbo, look at Timbo Holmes. I'll just go out there and I'll, I'll introduce myself. I say, hello, I'm Timbo Holmes. I can make you look better. I'm training it. at the Houston Fitness Center. We're not even in Texas, but I'll train you. Here's my card. That's me doing an ab shot. <laughs> hello, hello, what's your name? <laughs> I can help you get good abs like me. You want to see them? <laughs> Check these out. Uh, uh, uh. I can teach you all the secrets. I've got the, I've got the secrets. They're all here in my brain. <laughs> Come on in. Sometimes they just come out when I don't even know it. I just speak out secrets. They spill sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's go to the next question. Um, uh, Amy Lauren Gray, the female Gray. Uh, the female Lauren, Amy Lauren Gray. Um, oh, this is a whole thing here. Uh, okay. There's an, an elderly gay guy at my boyfriend's in my gym. He's extremely talkative and loves to interrupt me mid-set. <laughs> One day my boyfriend was on a leg press, and this guy decides to stand next to him strategically pop his leg up in short shorts and try to make conversation. I always did have to rescue him from the weight room. How does one avoid idle chit chat, shit chat without appearing rude? What he should do is just one day he should strategically when he's around that guy, just start like you know, under his breath being like, man, I fucking hate gay people, man. I, <laughs> I swear if the next, if, if a gay guy comes near me, I'm going to bash his face in. Um, Tell that to him. Tell that to him. Obviously, he doesn't have to believe that. But if he acts that out in front of the guy, I think that'll take care of that guy pretty fast. One way to to do it even with less drama would be to wear headphones and not take them out. That doesn't stop a lot of people, man. Dude, I trained at the Golds in Hollywood, in West Hollywood. Ugh, let me tell you something. I I had guys that were just teabagging me when I was on the bench. It was just ridiculous. Uh, That move, that leg up move with the short shorts is a very popular... uh, 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 a gay uh, attack move. It's a gay. It's a gay invitation yes. to the penis. I had that one guy. Remember, I told you that guy that did that to me, yeah. and he goes, "You're strong." Yeah. And um, you know, that's just something that you're gonna have to deal with. You know. Um, next question. Go to Planet Fitness if you don't like it. Yeah, Ian Hideki wants to know who would win a fight: Steven Seagal or Jean Claude Van Damme. Ooh, I know the answer. To this one. This is easy. Well, I think Van Damme would just keep roundhousing him. Hell no. You got to get close to Seagal. Steven Seagal is a bad motherfucker. I, yeah. I saw a video he, of him. He is like a real life... Uh, a real life bad motherfucker. I think Van Damme was just like a gymnast that could spin around real fast. I don't know if he's got all that much martial arts background. While we're talking here, I'm going to pull up a video for Peter to see of Steven Seagal. I don't think you've ever seen anything quite like But this if we're before. talking about movies... Van Damme. Yeah. No, in movies, Van Damme... Van Damme in his movies, those kicks, you can't stop them. He, he does those... Dude, things. he was blind in Bloodsport and beat the... the uh, what's his name? Kung Pao or whatever his name was. Tung Po. Um, Chung Lee, whatever his name is, something like that. Well, I can tell you one thing: he could do a split like it's nobody's business. Yeah, he could do a great split. He could do a split on those chairs. Yeah, yeah. If you can do a split on those chairs, you got to be a pretty bad, motherfucker. You know what I mean? You got to be. I, I, I definitely can't do a split on chairs like that. Um, I could, but I don't ever want to. You know what I mean? Look, like, there he is, right there. I know. I'm looking for um for a particular scene. We're YouTubing a scene. If I can find it, I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put this um on our page. There's a, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here you go. Here it comes. You guys might hear the sound of it, but that's all. But it's pretty fantastic. You ever seen this, PJ? Nope. I did know that he was an Aikido expert, though. Here it comes. This is actually uh, from 1993. This is an Aikido ex- ex- Expo. 
And um, I've seen this before. It shows the amazing hand speed of Steven Seagal. Amazing hand speed. Here we go. So this is in Japan. This is Aikido, uh, all, all Japan Aikido demonstration. 19 years ago. 19 years ago today. Not today. There's Steven. You see him? He looks pretty intimidating. He's taller than all these Japanese guys, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. They're all looking at him. They're amazed by him. Here he comes. Now, tell me if this is this is not something you can fake. You know what I'm no. saying? You can tell already it's very serious. All right, let's forward to the part where he starts kicking asses. Here you go. Boom. Let's put him down. Put him down. Ooh. Boom. See that? How fast? He's one hand. Just throwing this guy around. Do little holds on him. Blocks. Boom. He you know, hipped him. Look at this. He's just flipping this guy left and right. Flipped. This guy is pretty resilient, huh? He came back up for... He's tired now. This is the new guy. Boom! Clothesline. Those bangs you're hearing are people hitting the ground. You're not that impressed with this, are you? No, because they're like kids that are. It's an it's, it's a demonstration. It's not real. Hold on. There's one that. There's one that. There's one that's even better. Those guys are basically know they're going to get thrown. You know. And I'm going to run at you, and you're going to throw me down. You yeah, there's they all do that pretty much. Yeah. But there's one where it shows Steven Seagal doing a doing like tons of these guys throwing them down like one after another like dozens of them. Maybe is this is this the same one? This may be the same one. No, that's the same shit. Ah, I can't find it. There was one really great one that where there was like... It's the same thing, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, well, here's a Jean-Claude Van Damme thing. Maybe you'll be impressed by this. Jean-Claude Van Damme, this is an amazing kick above the head. This is a 40-second clip. Oh! He kicked something off that guy's head in France. A bottle. What, does that impress you more? He kicked the bottle right off the guy's head. It's flexible France. and accurate. I did in slow mo. They're showing it again in slow mo. I think Bruce Lee would fuck both of these guys up. Yeah, sorry, Bruce Lee is Bruce, Bruce Lee is awesome. All right, that's enough of that. Yeah, that's enough. I'm sorry I didn't impress you more. It's okay. All right. Um, yeah, it does. It does. You're very hard to impress, you, Jay. I wouldn't be impressed by that either. <laughs> I can kick just as high. I'm very flexible. <laughs> I have to kick because my arms don't go that high. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Ooh, this is a weird one. Um. PJ, who's hotter, Aaron's sister or Darielle's sister? Aaron, send me the number which correlates to the appropriate women. <laughs> very different. Uh, Just McCutcheon. Very different looking girls. Um, they I are very it, different. Looking. It depends on your on your uh, taste, I suppose. One of them is a tall, thin blonde, and the other one is a short, dark haired girl um, who's getting very lean. Who's getting lean? Yeah, she's she's uh, changed considerably since I first met her. Um, so I don't know. I, guess I it, think they're both beautiful. Yeah, they're, they're they're both very attractive, and they're both. Uh, and you can't have either of their numbers. Sorry. Yes, they're both they're both completely different. It's a, it's a you're pairing apples and oranges. You know, it's like who's better? You know, uh, Dorian Yates or Ronnie Coleman. They're much different. You know, they're both good. Yep. Um, Justin McCutcheon also wants to know, Aaron, can you tell us more about the gym you first trained at in New Orleans? Uh, did any pros train there? Um, well, Jess, I trained at French Riviera Spa <laughs> on uh, Veterans Road. 
<laughs> and uh, it was a very interesting gym. Uh, we had a lot of cast of characters there. Um, it sounds like an interesting gym. It is. It was very interesting. Um, we had one guy there uh, we called Gigantor, which I've written an article uh, you told about. You me all before. about Gigantor, yeah. And he was a, a, quite a character. Um, he was... I, you know, I, I don't want to say, like, because I remember him being so big that I, that he would be, like, you know, I would say 7 feet and 450 pounds. But <laughs> in reality, I would say he was probably 6 feet tall, like 275, 280 or something like that, in relatively good shape. And he's just a very big black man. And the thing that stood out about him was that he would listen to his headphones, those big, huge headphones. This is the 90s. And he would um, very loudly sing the song that he was listening to. And, uh, like, you know, he would sing uh, OPP. Like, OPP, you know me? And he'd be singing it like a full blast as he trained. And he would wear like um, a string tank top and like actually the same kind of pants that Darren Charles wears to this day. Like, I love uh, Darren Charles. Like he wears the, um, the, the, the tights with like the purple and pink and like gray and like the old school, you know, atomic shoes with the socks rolled up. It's actually very similar to Darren Charles wears right now. And um, he would go in there and he would just make a scene. And uh, he was very mean to everybody who would try to talk to him. So... That was Gigantor. We had another guy we called the Wolfman, who was in great shape, who was a very good, uh, looked like a very good bodybuilder, but he never shaved his body hair. So he had long hair on his head and a long beard, and his whole body was covered in hair. And if he shaved, he, would, he was very lean. I would say that he was like close to contest shape all the time. And, uh, and a pretty decent sized guy, probably like 5'8", probably 225, 230, very lean and very, very hairy. And everybody would always be like, God, that guy's so hairy. Um, so those are, those are two guys. And then my buddy, Joey, who was the one who kind of got me into uh, training correctly and eating right, who was, um, one of the nicer guys there, uh, Italian guy lived in New Orleans, uh, pipe welder. And, uh, I was only 13 when I started training there every day. And he actually took me under his wing and said, don't do chest every day. You know, do, do this, do that. Don't, you know, you gotta eat this. Don't eat that. Don't eat pizza and milk. Eat this. And he got me, uh, you know, showed me to read flex magazine by Arnold Schwarzenegger guide to bodybuilding and, and kind of lead me in the right path. So that's all I can tell you about the gym today. But I got lots of gym stories. Um, being truthful and honest. God strike you dead if you lie. PJ, have you ever jerked off to a client's progress pick? Only the male ones. Only the male ones. That's the truth. I plead the fifth on that one. Uh, I, mean, I think I missed Maggie Green, I think. Oh, well. And the shout out. Jess McCutcheon's girlfriend. I know. I like shout it. out to Maggie Green. Special shout out to her. She wants a shout out. She listens and she doesn't hate it. Yeah, it's good. I like that, Maggie. I think I missed her, actually. I'm, I'm looking at that now. No. Um, I, I think I skipped a whole lot of uh, questions. But I'm did really, you? Yeah, but I'm really... Uh, let's see. Did I? Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, no? You, I, I didn't. No, we just did a lot of just shout-outs in there. Yeah. All right, that's good, because I'm ready to be done, to be honest with you. Um, I'm ready for the show to be over. So, let's see. Uh, da, da. Oh. Let me do it. Dirty. Maybe we've done that before, haven't we? I'm sure we've done that before. Yeah, Dijon Popovic, you want to know the dirtiest stuff we've done while doing the dirty, doing sexy time? That has been asked and answered many, many times by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, uh, this is a good one to end on, uh, Johan Osterslaun, he says, uh, do you think Dave will ever change your son's diaper? No way, never. No, he, never, he never, says, never. He seems a bit germaphobic. Yes, Dave is a very, he likes a very cleanly, he likes no germs. I don't think Dave would even change his own son's diaper. I don't think I don't know. Someone I, else can do that. I have, I have a feeling that he would tell you that he he would, but I'm not sure that he would. My son's poops are cleaner than most people's poops. I do feel like I gotta say, man, poop. I've changed a few diapers now, and I gotta tell you that it it isn't quite as gross 
Is it if it's your son? You yeah, know, it, it doesn't like it doesn't gross you out. I like created it. the poop that came out of this kid. You know? Yeah, exactly. Forget about it. Exactly. This fucking poop wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for my sperms. I was thinking you know? about getting him a nice little gold chain yeah, to wear. Poops are, my poops were probably like that when I was a baby. You you know? Get him a nice cross, the gold chain. He'll be a real good <laughs> little Catholic motherfucker. He'll be, after his dad. Yeah. Fucking, fucking forget wise, about it. A wise guy, this kid. What are you being wise with me? I'll crack you in the head. <laughs> Um, give him a little smack before I change his diaper. I don't like he does, and he's gonna look at me when I talk to him. I don't want to. I want him to know. I don't like what I'm fucking doing, but I'll give him a little crack first. Tell him to shut up. I'm gonna I'll wipe put him. a little powder right in his face if he <laughs> pisses on me. I'll powder his head. Um, anyway, so um, yeah, I, I don't foresee Dave doing that and uh, changing my son's diaper. Even less of a chance. So Dave doesn't seem to be real. You know, he's never had any kids. He didn't grow up with any kids. His sister's just a few years younger than him, so he didn't really um, have much experience with kids. So. I'm actually interested to see Dave around my son because you know, I know he thinks he's super cute and adorable and stuff like that from the pictures. Keep so. him over there. So it'll be interesting to see him interact with uh, little Asher and what Asher thinks of him. You never know. So, uh, PJ, that is the show for this week. You have any, you have any parting words? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I'm glad I got the Comcast thing straightened out. We didn't really get into that, but yeah, PJ's internet. Is seven awesome. times I had to go to Comcast to get internet, and today I think was the finally the last day. You never know. You never know. Maybe we'll be back again for something else in the future. Um, well, we will talk about Comcast in the future because I'm sure there'll be another issue, something to talk about. You know, let's do our duck face to end the show. Do it. Make a noise. Make a uh, noise. Or make a crack. That's why I know. Crack. I just like, like want to do like the predator sound. Like, undoes the thing. Oh, you're an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> It would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like me, but I gotta think twice before I give my heart away. And I know all the games you play, cause I play them too. Oh, but I need some time off from that emotion. Showing you that door, Ron got it out. Showing you that door!